In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Looking to buy or sell a home? Look no further than Alaska's number one real estate team at alaskashometeam.com. Decades of local experience, knowledge, and expertise in the competitive real estate market. Alaska's home team makes buying or selling your home a breeze. Give them a call today at 907-277-3777. Lady with the Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings, retreats, birthdays, bridal, and baby showers. Find Lady with the Plan on Instagram. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th. Handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska. Built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products, such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. They homesteaded across a mat in Nuska? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Grab, grab the mic and Ooh. bring it up. There you go. Real late there. I got to oh. work on that. You know, I, I haven't missed a caribou call in a while, guys, and I was not ready this time. You got, was, you got two in already. I know. I'm already double fisting, and, and I wanted to have three, which would probably maybe look like an alcoholic over here. You but got really excited about the cider. I did. But you guys, <laughs> you guys were on it. Yeah, the farmhouse hopped is back. It's good cider. It's great. Yeah, and this one Thanks. here, I, I I asked you, and then I kind of like rabbit hold off mm. in her with her on her story. Um, th- this one is like, what's the kind of what's the history and design behind this one? Oh yeah, so the can or the cider? 
the cider. Oh, uh, start with the cider and yeah. then go to the can because that's pretty cool too. So, yeah. Well, if you look at the can, you see that big fooder. Okay. That, that wood tank that's mm-hmm. called a fooder. This mm. is like, you know, how the original like a barrel? monks and it. Yeah, it's a giant uh-huh. barrel. Yep. Big oak barrel. So this barrel uh, actually had a pretty cool story. It was down in California at a winery. Mm. Um, I think it was there for 10 years. And then Gabe from Anchorage Brewing bought it and then made some world-class beers in it. And then uh, about four years ago, we got it from him. Mm. And then so we have now we have our own yeast and bacteria strains that live in these staves. Mm. And, uh, and so then we'll add some juice and some other complex sugars and ferment in that tank. And it creates the bacteria and yeast at the right concentrations, create a sour. And so this is, that's why we call it farmhouse. It's a farmhouse style, um, cider. And then, uh, and then we, this one is an, our version of an IPA. So mm. we, uh, isomeritize hops, like boil hops, um, and the, and then we dry hop it later, and so it's really citrusy. There's some like mango notes in it as well. Yeah, it's which really is, uh, like pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a really refreshing. Like I would love to drink this in a hot summer day. Oh yeah, it's super refreshing. And then what what did you say, Brooke? I pay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so far, I haven't paid. That comes tomorrow. I <laughs> yeah, I pay. I pay after drinking IPAs too. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. that's can be a bit painful the next day. <laughs> I think this would go perfect for an extreme picnic. I think. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. nice! Come up on a mountaintop somewhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, in my mind. Anything that doesn't have a picnic table is an extreme picnic. It's my goal in life to be a sponsored extreme picnicker. That would be my goal. You know, you got to have life goals, right? That's right. (laughs) And this is going to be my drink of choice. There you (laughs) go. There you go. (laughs) Some sliced apples, some brie. It's perfect. Oh, I like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. That sounds really good. I don't know when you're thinking about that. I'm thinking about like my mountain bike on a ridge. Yeah, exactly. Anywhere in Alaska you have food. It's going to attach a little basket on the front. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bell, yeah. yeah. Ding, 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 oh, ding, I have ding. a unicorn bell in my mouth. Oh mind. yeah, nice. yeah. When Bell or when Brooke sent me her contact information, she had emojis in it, and it was awesome because immediately made me smile and go, "This girl's gonna be awesome." You know, <laughs> you knew it was right like away. A unicorn, a rainbow, and what'd you say, prosecco? Prosecco bottle. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was like not champagne. I was like, no, clearly Italian. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, this welcome is like to the Prosecco yeah. of Ciders. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's really good. Uh, welcome to Alaska Wild Project, uh, episode 51. Uh, we have Brooke Edwards here with us. Um, Instagram is at Brooke Shiny Edwards, one word. Um, I wrote down a couple words here that... Uh, Actually, wait, can I time out for a second? Yeah. I just got that hacked. You, did you <laughs> really? Yeah, it's oh being held hostage God. by people in Turkey. Um, so <laughs> you, can't, you can go there and look at my pictures, but I can't write you back. You, or, oh, man. Yeah. But so now okay, I'm over... What is it now? At Wild World Wanderings. It's a mouthful, but that's my business name. So Wild, world. like Alaska Wild Project. World, mm-hmm. like let's go travel the world. Wanderings, like let's wander. go wander. Got not it. I yeah. wonder if she's a guide or not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it's a mouthful, right? But, yeah. um, you know, at least I had that started. But, uh, yeah, so that was a little side note. I had to give you a timeout. I had someone uh, copy my instagram and they just added like a an extra under dash and like copied my whole page and Uh. did the whole same thing they didn't like actually steal my page they just like made a duplicate of it 
Oh my god! And I was, I was like, I don't, I don't know, is this cool? Like, someone yeah. wants to do this? Is this, this weird? <laughs> I don't know. Reasoning, yeah. <laughs> well, but they actually took your whole page. Like, took they took my page. Yeah, they have it. They, they at least they haven't. I, I, the girl I taught skiing today too. She was like. Well, my friends got her um, Facebook page taken, and they were photoshopping pictures of her on naked bodies and posting them as her. And oh. I was like, "Okay, well, that makes me feel better. They're not doing that yet." <laughs> yeah, <not> yet. <laughs> yeah. So so far, it's uh, they just wanted fifty dollars, and I was like, "Well, this sounds like a double scam because any way you can get anybody fifty dollars these days, it's like." Well, then you're going to get in my memo or my PayPal or yeah. whatever. I was like, I'll mail you a check to Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they did. They started like seeing who family was and started yeah. saying like, oh, you know, Daniel's in trouble. He needs $50. This is his friend, you yeah. know, PayPal and all this stuff. I was like, people were sending me this messages. Like, are you okay? I was like, what? Uh, it was Duda. He's like, this guy's asking for money. And it's just like, yeah. Oh man. It yeah. That's brutal. It but sucks. I went through the process of emailing instagram or whatever and they got them shut down i think they did mm -hmm. yeah i haven't seen it but yeah. i don't know about that i That's did like, all you that have to pay these guys i did all that but they were posing as instagram so they have all of instagrams it was like instagram Whoa. contacted me and said like your account qualifies for that little blue check and i i was like okay and i like pushed the button you know because it looked like it was yeah. instagram saying that to me oh. i feel like an idiot but wow um, they went that deep huh yeah, and yeah. so then they, they somehow have intersected. So anytime I go down the little YouTube university videos of, like, how you get your account back, and you, of course, because at Facebook and Instagram, you can't talk to a human anymore, right? No. Mm -mm. Like, no matter how hard you try, but you follow all the little videos, because this has happened to a bunch of people. Yeah. Did that rabbit hole, and any, like, you had to do selfie videos to prove it's you, yada, yada. Send that off. Well, they've intercepted any email from me or to me, so I get these... Um, emails back from Instagram that say like, yep, we got your selfie videos. We're looking into it. And I even got one that said, yep, we have approved it to you. You can reset your password here, but they're in Turkish. Oh. I have to, I have to translate the emails to English. And I'm like, okay, you guys forgot this one trick is like, I'm pretty sure the Instagram offices aren't in Turkey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my, pretty sure. But yeah. anyway, that's a long, long oh, sidebar man. to say, let's like, it's super. I mean, not if that's cool. the worst thing that's happened to me this month, then like so be it. Take yeah. take it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, they're not getting any powder days. No, exactly. No, they're on Ask Instagram. Ask you powder today. Shit. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep my account. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Have fun looking at those pictures of the king salmon and the face shots. Like. Yeah, I'll be eating it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a pain in the ass, though. Mm -hmm. I'm in. <sighs> yeah, it's it's think, not fun. I think that happened like, to Erica too. Um, Erica Smith. I remember hers. Like yeah, earlier this summer. Oh, that's right. And then they started actually putting her face on naked ladies too. <laughs> yeah, there's like a ash. I was shot. like, whoa, was like, whoa Erica, you went her. from nice girl to a, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, she's, that's not me. <laughs> I hope they're not listening now and we're giving them ideas. They're like, I know how oh, we're going to get her. Yes. I'll <laughs> um, let you know. <laughs> or I hope they just make me look cute. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. do, you, do you write, right? I got 20,000 followers. I was like, followers I was like hey, I got a boob job. Make it your real profile. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to be 50 this year. I'm looking like 22 there. That's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Turkey. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, hackers. Uh, Brooke Edwards is a backcountry skier, a biker, a rafter, a fisherwoman, an avalanche educator, an adventure concierge, and a bar top dancer. <laughs> did I nail it? Yeah. Anything yeah. else? What did I miss? Oh, God. Um, costume aficionado. Ooh. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Glitter, many, glitter specialist. Glitter specialist. <laughs> <laughs> Never Touch litter unless it's glitter. Never. Although now people would say like, oh, that's microplastics. You can't do it. But they are making glitter that is not microplastics. Oh, it dissolves? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Does it shine as much? <laughs> Shimmer we, and shine, baby. Um, I'll meet you guys next week. We'll have a glitter t- testing. Oh, okay. Oh, Sparkle nice. you up. Do some. Okay. Do some runs. Bedazzle. Yeah, get yeah. bedazzled. We can do some yeah. bedazzling. Get the eyelids dazzled. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of costume are you uh, wearing at Slush Cup? Oh, everyone thinks that I would do Slush Club. It's so funny. I No? It's like the one costume event that I don't do. <laughs> because the idea of dressing in costume and then um, hyperventilating after you like blow out your knee because you face planted into a icy cold water in front of millions of people. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Going to pass on that one? Call me scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like... I have been a judge and dressed really fun for that. Yeah. I even got my um, my hairs all did like funny bouffant style. And yeah, dressed in like a full like retro hot pink onesie, and yes. I got to judge the big airs, and that was like the highlight of my slush cup career. Can't mm. go wrong with Sometimes the Sometimes you got to be on the on the judgey side, on the not the performy side. side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems yeah. like it'd be fun up there. Oh yeah. Definitely. And I can, you know, then I've, I also got instigated, um, one year I got, uh, 20 girls in Girdwood to form three different extra tough, um, what do you call this? How you say in your language? Chug of war teams, oh, right? Yeah. So extra tough, always the day after slush cup, they use the pond that everybody had to skim across to do a tug of war. Oh. And Extra Tough sponsors it. Uh-huh. And just spontaneously that day, I think everybody's like roaming around hungover, you know, from the <laughs> night before. And, and you know, I'm running into, I'm like, I think I dressed in Extra Toughs. And it was one of those hot, sunny spring days. So I had oh, like yeah. glitter miniskirt on, of course, <laughs> and a sequin bikini top. And I run into it and I brought a bag of like eight more bikinis. So they had as no you excuses. Do. I don't know. So then <laughs> just I just started just finding, and then, and then like as word was spreading, we we're getting more girls. They were like running home, getting bathing suit tops, and everyone had their extra tufts, of course, because it's Alaska girls, right? And it was definitely a sunny, hot day. And so we rallied three different teams of girls gone Girdwood, pretty much. And <laughs> of the three teams, um, only one of our teams got third. Everyone else ended up in the, I mean, every, we all ended up in the drink, but um, they presented us this check for $250. You know, it was one of those gigantic checks. Yeah, yeah. And we walked in with Sitzmark, like all of us, like 18 of us with this check. And we're like, laid it on the bar. Shots. And we are like, Shots. <laughs> and they're like, you can't cash that here. And I was like, yes, we can. And got us all up on the bar dancing. You know, I was just like, you just watch. We will, we will use this money here at your bar. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of that. 
The slush cup or the tug no, of war? No, after the slush cup. The you were probably too hungover. You never made it. I, you got to get mean, out of bed the next day. Yeah, I, you went home and it was it. You just like that. <laughs> go back there in a few, you know, next next winter. Yeah. You, you don't go up and watch the remnants. <laughs> People I, I, just I crawl home. We no, might have been the only year that chicks in bikini went in the drinks, but the aftermath. No, <laughs> yeah. I've never actually checked that out. <laughs> you got to check out the aftermath. Yeah, I haven't been to the cup in a minute though. Probably mm, eight nine years. Something like that. Well, when COVID happened, like that 2020, and it's all a blur now, like when did it all begin? <laughs> I don't know. I know. Text, right? so long ago. Yeah. I know. So when it took that spring, right? like they didn't have it and they kind of were shaming everybody to like not go backcountry skiing because they're like people in Colorado went backcountry skiing and caused an avalanche. And then, then, you know, 911 was called and they're like, you're taking up room in the hospital because of your selfish needs to go backcountry Aww. skiing. So there was like this public shaming that happened in the backcountry ski community mm. and it was like i mean i just felt like everyone was trying to be like don't don't go out there and don't i was like i try not to, to create an accident anytime i go that's yeah. my mo but yeah, you, you felt like you were like okay we just you can't go out you know so then i started taking all my ski toys up to the um I called my ski patroller friends and I was like, can we skin up chair three? <laughs> and so we would bring beach chairs every day to just like the base of chair three. And I'd bring my snowboard and my tele skis and my alpine skis. And we'd do like our own little, we'd like boot up to the top of chair three or skin up. And I was like, I'm going to do the triple crown today, you know, and you'd snowboard down and then have a beer in the little chair. And we'd have our own little slush cup yeah, and then we'd go up. I'm going to be a tele skier now. And <laughs> we made it really fun. I was like, mm. this is great. People are like, you can't ski Aliaska right now. Like, yes, you can. I was like, I live here. This is my yeah. living. You think I'm gonna like illegally skin up Alaska if I didn't get permission? <laughs> yeah. Like, of course you yeah. you can go up the baby chair. That's not avalanche train, you know. Yeah, you're not so, you'll be damned if you're gonna sit at home and just look at it, right? Yeah, so like then we had a crew of people that were like yeah. extreme picnicking at the bottom every day, like, oh well, we'll oh, just have slush cup every day. Great. It was yeah. awesome. It was good cool. Had it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is slush cup back? Like yeah, back back. back. Yeah, yeah, I think it is back back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it is. They're holding back, it back. this year. Yeah, I think it's good. What, what is it like the twenty first or something? Actually, it's pretty good oh, turnout. Twenty first last year ago. Wasn't mm, they, they I was heli guiding last year in Valdez. I wasn't there, but I th thought I saw some videos. And were you up there? No, the kids day? were there. I didn't go. Just sent but the kids. They went down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have fun, yeah. guys. Yeah. Five and a half year old twins set loose. Yeah, no friends on powder days. No friends on slush no, cup no days. Friends on, mm -hmm. on slushy days. Rooster tail days. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Are you gonna be judging this year? Mm, or just gonna be? I haven't been asked. Or just gonna be judgy? I'm just gonna be judgy <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> I'll costume in the crowd. That's <laughs> yeah. where I thrive. <laughs> I lead the hecklers. <laughs> Get your chance. Yeah, exactly. No. It's the girl with the the heckler with the glittery costume up there. Right, mm. right. Is that a unicorn yeah. on her head? Yeah, she has yeah. <laughs> that looks like an extreme picnic she's having. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that farmhouse double shovel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do they make yeah. bikinis yeah. with these? Like, what did you call this kind of <laughs> the fooder? Barrel? The fooder. Yeah. Oh, who are you calling a fooder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the opposite of the foodie. Yeah, yeah it's a fooder. <laughs> I just drink. You fooder, you brought her. Yeah, yeah. Don't call me that. Fooder, I don't even know her. Uh, I want to get into uh, the history of you learning to ski, your, your beginnings of your passion on not only um, 
learning or where you learn but how that evolved to like going into the back country and you know maybe there was someone that actually took you out there and kind of like just reverse and kind of start at the beginning mm -hmm. on your story on like was this a family thing that started going or you want to do it on yourself yeah so i grew up in washington state um between seattle and tacoma in a little town called federal way that is like the um, suburb that wanted to be inner city, so kind of the worst of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> it's where SeaTac Mall is and kind of SeaTac yep. Airport, right? Mm -hmm. Luckily, my family's all moved away from there now, so I don't have to go back there. But I grew up with a, a mom who was, um, grew up with a family that um, one older sister, mom and dad, we all would like go backpacking and hiking very much in the outdoors. But you know, realized as I got older that my mom was really the outdoors woman in the crew. Like my, my dad went along because he was with my mom, but he didn't like to ski at all, but he would go skiing so he could sit and drink beer in the lodge and read a book, you know? And yep. my mom took me skiing when I was four years old, but back then there was only rope toes to get you started. Mm. And I'll never forget, I grabbed on a little rope toe. And the rope toes back then, I mean, they were just brutal torture devices, right? They like burn the skin <laughs> yeah. right off your hand. Oh, yeah. And I'll never forget that there was, there was no like easing your way in. There's no magic carpet back in those days. Like I grabbed on and it just ripped <laughs> the skin off my hands and like slammed me on my back like, bam And like all the wind knocked out of me and I was like, hey, <laughs> And it took till eight years old even like my mom was just like okay well your sister and I are gonna go again you know like and it finally at eight I was like okay fine I'll try it again you know and um you is know. this at crystal or yes yeah, yeah crystal yeah. wasn't the mountain I grew up at and and you know in my neighborhood had um one of those you know Alieska kind of does it too like the discover program so it's a way to um get the kids addicted to crack you know you give yeah. them to them for free or cheap you yeah, know first and time free. Yeah, first get time them in there <laughs> and so in my town you know crystal mountain was like two hours away yeah. so there was a bus that you paid like a super cheap fee for the year. And the bus came to the Albertsons parking lot mm -hmm. at some like 5 a.m. or something stupid. And, um, you know, parents would drag themselves out of their bed, drive you up there and be like, <laughs> okay, enjoy your ski lessons, you know. And then we would, you know, get up to Crystal, skip ski lessons. And I just chased the boys around the mountain because there wasn't really any girls on this program. It was uh -huh. like... It was boys, and the mm -hmm. boys' method of learning to ski is, like, you don't go to lessons, obvi, um, <laughs> but you definitely have to ski all the cool name shit on the mountain, wow. you know? And it didn't matter how we did it, but we just had to go, like, so that we could get it on the bus at the end of the day and be like, oh, yeah, I skied powder bowl today, and yeah. we'd, like, sideslip <laughs> the whole thing, and it like, death claws, like, holding on for dear life, but you're like... Oh, that's cool. You know, we were up on chair six, you know, just skiing powder bowl and K2 face, you know, and people be like, whoa, you guys did that. And we'd be like, look at each other. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> but it, what it taught me is like how to get down. Like I learned how mm -hmm. to get down the mountain and that I could get down anything, which it's ended up coming in quite in handy when you fast forward later to Valdez, but we'll get to that. Um, cause that's a good thing to know about yourself that you're like, I can get down anything. Um, cause Valdez is a place that will really put that to the test yeah. right? <laughs> pretty, right pretty straight up and down right <laughs> yeah and so then i um fast forward fast forward i like uh, have a friend you know i meet this friend who is like into backcountry skiing and i'd always love skiing and she was a telemark skier because back then that was all that's how you got into the backcountry mm -hmm. and she was just a beautiful talented backcountry skier and 
Is it Telemark skiing? Telemark, yeah. So it's the original form of skiing that was invented by Sandre Norheim in Norway back Mm. in 1500. He took two sticks, slapped it on, added some willow bark for a heel, and Mm. then started lunging down the mountain, right? It's the lunges. Okay. And um, it wasn't until 1950 that alpine skiing came about that they locked the heel down, right? So before Mm. 1950, everybody telemarked skiing. Yeah, you had free heels. So... And you did like lunges. On your toes, basically? Yeah, like it's skiing. like, you know, like, yeah. okay, picture the ski jumpers. They go off the ski thing, and then mm. the way they land is in a lunge. So that's a telemark turn. Okay. Because the reason why they do that is because telemark skiing, it, it's like our bodies, the way our body structure is, is that um, we can, uh, our muscles are our shock absorbers, right? Not our bones. So yep. the ski absor- the ski jumpers, they jump however many feet in the air like crazy people. Yeah, hundreds. And so then they have to, if they just landed in alpine bindings, their femurs would break. They'd get mm. tip-fib fractures, you know, because we, in alpine binding, you just absorb with your, um, through your bone structure. And so the telly stance is like, if you drop one knee, you have like all that, like it just goes wah, 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 through mm-hmm. your muscles, right. right? Yeah. So... But it's funny because it's like it's it's like what fly fishing is to spin casting is what telemark skiing is to alpine skiing. It's like so much more poetry, so much more dance. It takes so much more uh, strength. Strength, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like full body, full body, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it works for some bodies better, <coughs> and it turned out. Oh yeah, makes it, sense. It didn't work for my body the first time because my beautiful athletic friend took me up on Lolo Pass in Montana. I was like, oh, you just do it like this. And she just goes do, 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 down the mountain. And I was like, put my leg behind me in the little like lunge thing, you know, and, and just, <laughs> you know, we call it a telly dart. You just like your face goes over your tips and then all the skis follow. Oh, so no. you're just like scorpioning like oh. every turn. Like I was like, this is stupid. Like, so I started like the rubber band spine. Just oh, yeah. who made this show. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I got to learn this, but I'm not going to learn it in the back country. Like, and um, yeah, you need to like crawl before you walk on that one. Right. So I started going around to ski resorts and I don't know how we did it. I mean, back then you could, you could, there were so many different hookups to ski ski resorts for free. I don't know how, like mm. I remember in Sun Valley, my first pair of skins were like these black volley. They were the cheapest. You could buy them for like $25 and they were pretty much like a piece of black rib plastic that mm. like ski strapped onto the bottom of your skis. They, they worked like they didn't work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't work at all. But they were cheap, and it was what I could have. They paid the right price. Yep. <laughs> but in Sun Valley, only checked tickets on the bottom mountain. If you got made it to the upper lifts, they didn't check tickets. Uh, and so a friend so of mine's like, back on, you oh. you skinned up behind Sun Valley. There was a um, like a a goalie behind Sun Valley, and you'd mm-hmm. make it to the upper mountain, and then put your little ghetto skins into your backpack and then ski for free all day and wouldn't go to the bottom of the mountain until the end of the day so then i'd like follow i'd find like a good tele skier and i would just ski up to him and be like hi you look like a really good skier (laughs) i was wondering if you could give me one tip you know for today and i did that every day for a couple years and i'd like ski telly in the morning try to learn from a good tele skier and then i'd ski alpine in the afternoon so my ego could have a break because <laughs> it's brutal. It's like, oh, I'm so bad at this. But then in three years of telly, all of a sudden, 
like it clicked and I was like, on. oh my God, yeah. I'm a better teleskier than I am Alpine. Like it, all of a sudden that poetry, that dance yeah. for me was like, this Started is Started getting it. the hang of it. I yep. am salsa dancing with the mountain. Like hold my beer, was it? And, uh, you know, and it ended up, I mean, just to go on the tele ramble for a little bit is like, you know, I'll go, I'll come back to how I got to Alaska, but just to fast forward the tele ramble is, I came up here, you know, was here for years, tele-skiing, and um, uh, was in the Girdwood community. And and one of the first avalanche forecasters, like when, right when we started to have an avalanche forecast at the Chugach National Forest, um, it was Carl Skustad and Jeff Nisman were, you know, like funded by the government and then by all of our community. We just like threw money in the pot and started the friends group. And, um, and Jeff Nisman was like this, unbelievable teleskier like just the best in our community he would um he had skied off Denali he'd skied all over the world he was amazing and uh took just huge risks as some people do and um and he went to work one day for the forest service and uh Carl was with him and Carl went into the work center and when Carl came out the roof had avalanched on Jeff and killed him Mm-hmm. And it was so tragic. It was like one of those classic Alaska stories that like I've lost a lot of people up here, right? Living this life. And yeah. and a lot of them don't go the way that you think they would doing all the risky, crazy, outrageous things that we do every day. It's like you're standing on the curb and the truck hits you. And he was mm-hmm. literally at work as an avalanche forecaster for the Forest Service and the roof slid on him, you know? And so it was like wow. this awful tragedy yeah. that hit our community and... And we pulled together as a community and um, and said, what can we do to honor his spirit? And we ended up doing quite a few things. But one of the things we did was make um, a festival called Telepalooza. And oh, it was the Jeff Nesman Memorial Festival. And it evolved over 11 years of, it was community run. It ended up becoming my full-time volunteer job. I just like put my heart and soul in this. And we had, you know, we had so many great prizes and we made funny races and we had a different costume scene every year. And, and as it evolved, like, um, I ended up getting like the world telemark. We made the world telemark free ride series come up. Like there was a time at Alyeska where it was like the worlds for snowboard were here and the worlds Mm -hmm. for Alpine and the worlds for telly. So I organized it and competed in it, which was like the most stressful thing I'd ever done, Yeah, you know, and competed on that level for like seven years. And then finally, like, you know, telemark started to go the way of the dodo is like AT gear yeah. came about and I still telly and I still am the, like kind of the last the of the last, yeah. last telly instructor at, uh-huh. at um, oh, so it's, it's kind of faded away. It has just because the equipment is heavier. Mm. AT is so easy. I mean, Alpine skiing is so easy. You stand there mm. and go, I want to go right. I want to go left. So it's not, you know, that athletic, um, you know, full lunge, you know, it's like, you're not totally out of breath. Every, you're not doing 10,000 lunges every time you do one yeah, run, yeah, you know, yeah. the gear, the gear the kind of outweighs yeah. the talent exactly. and the ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, Compensates is the telly it, gear say. still getting better? Like how it is. No, it's, it's know, definitely Alpine. gotten better, but it it's still heavy. Develops. Yeah. It's heavy. Like yeah. my telly gear is heavier than my, yeah. like Gr- AT gr- gear. Growing up, you know, at alley, I'd say like, if you're on chair six and you're there on like a four inch day, um, you'd probably see 10 or 15 tele skiers at least. Yeah. I mean, there's like a, during a weekday, you know? Yeah. Uh, now it's like one. Yeah. You know? Really? And it used to be, we all like everybody, it was a sick telemark community here. I mean, there was some rippers and some of those folks still have their tele gear and like, um, 
my friend Paige Brady was out today, Busted and she was like, sometimes. she won the free ride comp, like the uh -huh. whole world's so like back oh, in the really? day and she was out there telling the day and i was like Paige, you're free in the heel she's like i did it for two hours now i gotta go back to like <laughs> <laughs> i was like well that's good, that's good. So i was like, we, I was like we, we gotta keep it real like so i was so stoked you know so we um yeah it's it's still like probably my favorite way to move with snow yeah. again it's yeah. just like like i like fly fishing more than spin casting it's very know? graceful mm -hmm. It watch. is, yeah. Oh, very good. And I feel like anybody can be a good alpine skier. And like when I'm alpine skiing, I feel like I'm like, I mean, I can get down and I can go left and I can go right, but I don't feel beautiful. Like when I'm yeah. tele skiing and on it, I feel like a sexy motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel good. That's my dance, my mountain. I own this <laughs> Do you see many young kids trying to do it or not really? Every once in a while, it's kind of cool. And usually, you know, they have hippie parents here but okay. <laughs> but yeah. there's like horty marmot has a, you know a thousand pairs of tele skis because everyone's like put them there and so oh i have friends who are like how do i get my kids into it and i'm like go to horny marmot and see because they had these they made these boots called the teledactyls oh, that were for nice. kids yeah. and it is a, actually still a great way to get kids into the backcountry when you know when parents are just starting to get them to feel how to start to move uphill or whatever like getting their kids on tele gear so i still see a couple kids out there yeah um there's a, a family, the Weddikings, Matt Weddiking is a, he's a state park ranger and um, he's always been one of the ripping telliers at Alyeska and he brought up his kids with telliger and they still do it and they're good, you know, so it's fun to see these families that I like knew and met through Tellypalooza, just like watch the kids evolve too. It, it just sweet. seems like it's a, it's a slower movement, like a, great you said graceful which is actually yeah. spot on mm -hmm. um just to see them just like doing this movement yeah. on how they do it i know brandon had a question on how they do it it's just it's lunging is exactly yeah, I'm trying yeah. to like it's like it's like it's like they're doing like skier, this so like they're know. going down like this you know with their legs like this okay yeah like oh, that so it's like okay. every is every turn is every move a turn like you, yeah. you go twice in a row straight or not not normally no right? so your legs um when you transition the turn you're you, it's like your um your uh feet would be on bungee cords so they're they're snapping past each other so you're doing yeah. this like it's kind of like patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same time <laughs> because or did you ever have those toys as a kid where you're like holding on to the thing and uh -huh, you're moving uh -huh. so yeah your feet are turning and your feet are passing each other at the same time as you're making the turn okay and i always notice that they would always it was always like a mole. They're never like on the main trail. It seemed like they'd always be like on the, the mogul side of it because they're kind of like rounding these <laughs> these things. Is that, was well, that I correct? think maybe because Alyeska has some like ripping tele skiers. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, you, yeah, you see them everywhere. But yeah, it's, got a, it's I got just it right a here, Brooke. How about that? Oh, yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're, if you were cruising and you were going towards your right and you're going to drop down and to your left so a left mm -hmm. turn uh-huh you're you're you would bend your left knee right and then your right knee would would be your right leg would be cutting with the edge yeah both both your skis end up cutting with the edge you can still carve both skis but you're so when you finish the turn before you're going to the next one you're you're both your legs are still bent uh-huh as if you were going to do just a lunge with weights right, right here right so your left knee would just be front bent 
And your hips are kind of like this piston that are going up and down. So your center of mass is like kind of between your legs. And so like 50% of your weight is on your front of your foot. This is getting too techy. And the back foot has like the, your weight on the ball of your foot. Yeah, okay. And then as you're shifting, like if you've ever cross-country skied, how yep. you press through the yep. ball of your foot, mm. you're doing that as you're like kicking a soccer ball with the outside ski around the turn. Yeah. And it's going into a lunge. Yeah. So yep. it is definitely like it's – a lot of patting your head and rubbing your back. Yes. A lot it looks exhausting, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. just like I was watching that video there, and I'm like, man, that's like. You got tired? Yeah. I'm yeah. Sort of, like a little sweat dripped down yeah. my head. Whoa. It was good coming from I was a college volleyball player, so I already had like big thighs. Oh, you were ready. I was just like I was ready. Like I, I trained for this. Yes, exactly. One of my Telepalooza costumes was like. Um, like Helga, the Norwegian thunder, th you know, goddess, yes. thunder thigh goddess, you know, <laughs> yeah. or something of Telemark, you know. So I told my kids the other day, I said, thick thighs save lives. Exactly. Noah's mind was just blown. He was just <laughs> like, what? He's like, like flexing his thigh at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's telling he, everyone now, yeah. thick thighs save oh, lives. Yeah, it's like this it, in Alaska. It's just like, oh, yeah. I'm it's like a movement. Russian woman. I robot, you yes. know, like we're built like <laughs> trucks, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's just the telly side of like how it came into the ski world. That got me into the backcountry, yeah. I guess. Mm. And then I had heard that um, the Alaska Avalanche School um, was the best avalanche education you could get. And this was way back. Um, maybe it was like 19. Oh, I started coming up to guide in Alaska in 1998 in the summertime. Mm. And I had been up here for a couple summers guiding for Alaska Wildland Adventures um, on the Kenai and up in Denali and all around the state, kind of doing natural history guiding, adventure with a shower, you know, like hikes and rafting and sea hiking, but then they Go got their the little cabin. gourmet meal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was like how I fell in love with Alaska. You know, like in 1998, I, you know, was in grad school to getting a master's in environmental ed with a focus on ecotourism. And I'd wanted, I'd been told my whole life that I belonged in Alaska. I don't know if... That's because I'm a weirdo <laughs> or because I love wilderness because yeah. it's like, there's definitely a lot of weirdos up here, but there's also definitely a lot of people who love wilderness. <laughs> so it's probably both. A lot of both of those. But I didn't want to come up and commercial fish. And that's all I had mm. heard of people ever doing. Oh. You know, that was like right. what the summer job was that yeah. you did. Mm. And so I just waited, was kind of, um, you know, I went to Peace Corps right out of college and did AmeriCorps at my old college and was back there and, and working alongside a guy who had climbed Denali. And he was like, well, oh, badass. he's like, you should go to Alaska. And I was like, I don't know how to work up there. And he's like, well, the guy I climbed Denali with, his wife is the program manager for this ecotourism company, Alaska Wild and Adventures. And um, I'll set you up with an interview. And, and I was like, okay, you know. And, yeah. um, and she hired me, you know. And at that point, I'd, I'd guided like one summer in the Teton wilderness as a horse packing guide, like right out of college, like right before Peace Corps, me and two old cowboys. Yeah. And that's kind of when I first had the light bulb go off of like, oh, you can do this for a living? Because the cowboys didn't want to talk to people. They just wanted to be cowboys. Yeah. And so they'd like throw me the flower book and be like, Cookie, you talk to them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd be like riding my horse along with my little flower book and I'd be like, you know, this is the winter ground for the elk, and that flower is this, you know. And was you that your nickname, Cookie? Yeah, because I was the cook. 
<laughs> but then Brookie Cookie stuck. It followed okay. me all the way to Alaska okay. for a oh, while. All right. yeah. Like people only knew me as Cookie for a little bit. Now it's transitioned oh. to Shiny. So you, know, okay. you have to go through nickname changes. All but right. Must have been the glitter. Or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of it as my personality. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, <Shine's> bright. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. So this guy got a job in the summers guiding up here, and I stepped off the plane and was like, Oh my God, I'm home. Like this is it. This is like look yeah. right at the mountains. Oh. Like oh, it's like Washington go. times a thousand. There's no I five. There's bigger mountains. There's more water, and people still looked each other in the eye. Yeah. And mm. people were such Renaissance people. Like I loved that. Like you know, I showed up here, and they're like, "Oh, you don't know how to fish? This is how you fish." Like, "Oh, you don't know how to do carpentry? This is how you do carpentry." It was like not like, "Oh, you don't know how to do? It. Let me do that, little Missy." They're like, "Oh no, here, yeah. here you go, and this Here's is how you do it, and come with me." And I was like. I love these people, you know, and my dad sent me, um, his, oh, so then I bought a cabin up here. I like found a little hippie shack in a bog and Girdwood and, uh, my grandfather died and left me just a tiny chunk of money, which back then you could actually get something. And yeah. it, I mean, you could get a hippie shack in a bog on railroad ties with no running water, which is what <laughs> I got, which you can't even get, a, you know, a thumbnail property for, you know, I think $50,000 is how much I paid for that first. Oh, uh, really? Like that toe in the door, wow. which is amazing. Yeah. And, um, that's what the, um, the parking costs now. Yeah, exactly. It was going that direction <laughs> exactly. for a while. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, you know, got in there. My dad sent me his 25 year old chainsaw with a little bow on it and was like, Good luck, daughter. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, and then I hadn't wintered up here yet because I was still in grad school. And so oh. I'd heard about the Alaska Avalanche School. They're the best. Like, they're, you know, the, if you want to learn about avalanches, you should go up there. And I just, like, dipped my toe in the backcountry world and uh -huh. got my ass kicked, you know. And I was like, well, I should know about avalanches. And then it would help me see Alaska in the wintertime. Mm. So I booked a course, and it was like um, – Doug and Jill Fessler were like the original folks and it was uh -huh. um, just legends in this world up here. And I come up, a friend I'd known from the summer, like left his truck for me at the airport with the keys in it. I'd never been here in the winter. I like show up and that was before Google maps or whatever. Like somebody had told me how to get to Hatcher Pass. I drove there at night in the middle of winter, parked the car at Independence Mine and like skinned up by starlight to the Independence Mine building, just like mind blown, right? Just like mountain silhouettes yeah. everywhere, mm. never been to Alaska in the winter. And my mind was just like short circuiting. Like I'd always been a wilderness girl, but yeah. I was like this. That's is pretty, that's pretty intense yeah. for your first time. Yeah, right? I was like, and then, <laughs> you know, lay a sleeping mig down in this like, um, old historical building next to you know 20 yeah, other students and, yeah <laughs> excuse me are you here for the avalanche <laughs> are you part of the axe murdering club <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> i heard the goods are or the odds are good but the goods are odd <laughs> I, am a, I am a cookie <laughs> yeah, yeah nice to meet you uh, yeah so um <laughs> wake up there in the midst of just the most beauty I'd ever seen in the world and um, started to learn from these legends. And one of the instructors was Scott Rayner and he had just bought Valdez Heli Ski Guys from Doug Coombs. So Doug Coombs, for those of you who aren't familiar with skiing, is like um, a legend in the ski industry. He started steep skiing. He came up from Jackson Hole. He and his wife, Emily, 
came up and kind of put Valdez, Alaska on the map. They, you know, people had been skiing there with um, planes a little bit, and he decided to helicopter ski and brought kind of the world extremes to Valdez mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and kind of like put it on the map and started Valdez Heli Ski Guides. And um, that's really like the OG birthplace of heli skiing in Alaska was that and Doug Coombs being the grandfather. And so I definitely knew who he was and that Rainer had just bought the company. And, um, and at that time Coombs was still alive. He passed a couple years later, but Rainer was like, I need an, I need an office manager. You know, do you want to do that next year? And I was like, yeah, I'm getting out of grad school. Like I'd winter up here and do that. And in Valdez. Uh-huh. Nice. And so, you know, I, I made the move. I'd already bought the cabin, and I was like, okay, I'm going to live in Alaska. And yep. then I signed up to get a job with ski school at Alaska Resort. And, you know, they're like, sure. And I did a little tryouts, and they're like, oh, okay, you're going to need a little bit of work. <laughs> they pretty much, because I'd grown up, like, chasing the boys around the mountain, and I could yeah. ski, but I skied kind of ugly, you know? Yeah. And I skied definitely with not the right fundamentals. Uh-huh. And so they you had to, raw. like... I was raw, yeah. but they had to take me apart and put me back together again to okay. be like, before we let you go tell anybody else how to do this, like, we got to fix you. Like, yeah. this girl is you broken. Ski, but your technical skills. I know. I was like, point it. Let's do this. You know, so. Um, Follow me. Hold on here. Watch this. Yeah. I was definitely of that school of skiing. So it actually helped to learn, like, how to, you know, do all the right things to make the skis do the right things. And I was like, oh, this is easy. <laughs> Turns out you don't have to muscle them back and forth. And um, and then, so then I knew that I had like, you know, a couple of few months before going to Valdez. And at that point, I'd only Telemark skied for like 10 years. And Rainer was like, well, you can get on the heli, but only if you don't slow the clients down. And you certainly can't Telemark on the heli. Like, that's out of this world. And I was like, but I haven't alpine skied in like years, you know? And at that point I was like such a better telemark skier. And he's mm. like, well, you better figure it out. And so, <laughs> so I was like, I guess I will. I was like, okay. You know, so I like get on some like alpine trekkers at the time. They were like this monstrosity of a binding that was like super heavy, uh-huh. you know, to try to make alpine skiing. You put your alpine boot in this like heavy contraption and then attempt to walk up a hill yeah. so you could alpine ski down. So I did that and went over to Valdez and, uh, and it was just such a boy's world. Like, and you know, there was more companies over there. Everybody's every guide is a dude except for Kirsten Kramer. And Kirsten Kramer, you got to have her on someday. She is a riot. Like Kirsten Kramer? Oh, yeah. she is the most, there's a lot of badass women in Alaska, like way too many to have on the show her name, but she is like the best mountaineer, the best ski mountaineer, the best ice climber, the best rafter. Like she pioneered the, she used to be a class five whitewater guide on six miles. She like skied all the like crazy lines off to Nolly and, and she just has no ego. She's just a giggle bus, you know, just like yeah. sweet and would never um, shout about herself ever, but like tough as like, I don't even know. They, they don't even make things tough enough to say what she's tough <laughs> yeah, as. Yeah. Right? Corn horn. I know. Yeah. All the guys in Valdez call her yeah. Nar mom, right? Nar mom. Cause Nar she can, mom. she'd like love, you know, she's very like nurturing, can take care of people. And then she can make grown men cry in a second mm. and out ski all the athletes that are, you know, on the film crews and stuff and just like giggle her way around. But she had worked her way up with Doug and Ellen, Emily, just like fueling helicopters and busting her ass and doing every job until until they put her in as a guide. So by the time I got there, she was the only female guide. Mm. 
in all oh, of Valdez. Probably looked right up to her. Right oh, away. instantly, especially because she just adopted me. She just took <clears> me under her wing because I was so intimidated, and all the dudes were like, "Well, you better not come on the hill if you can't keep up." And I was like, "Okay, maybe I shouldn't go." And she was like, "Fuck that! You're coming with me." <laughs> you know what? You are Get going on the on heli. And I was like, <laughs> and I remember like getting on the heli, and I was like, I was like, well, you know, that's cool. Like I ski double black diamonds in Washington. I grew up at Crystal. Like I'm a good skier. Like that in my mind was like what's like good skiing was so i was yeah. like oh i mean I got how this. hard can it be like i rainer told me to practice on christmas shoot i skied that you know and then i got in the heli the first time with mark newcomb who's just like a legend mountaineer from around the world like i realize now that i was like there at the time like if you ever watch the there's a teton gravity research movie that tells the history of valdez and it's back to like dream it's like dream chaser dream winter dream something dream i think Liska brought that one up yeah he, he touched on it it's yeah. so cool because it talks about the history of alaska the gold rush of mm -hmm. commercial fishing and and skiing it's kind of it's amazing and it, they came up to do it in the year that was 2011 12 like our best ski winner ever and mm -hmm. and tgr just dropped all their other projects and they loaded their snow machines up and drove to alaska and spent the whole winter up here wow. and so they decided to tell the story the, of the alaska dream, the dream factory dream factory that's yeah. what it is yeah yeah and so I remember net, like when I watched that, I was like, oh my God, I got to be in Valdez from all those legends. I was there with all of them. Like they were the people taking me up there for the first time. And it like kind of blew my mind. Like, I can't believe I showed up here at the, like the pinnacle, the, the perfect pinnacle. time. Right? Like I can't believe it. Like yeah. so lucky, right? Yeah. So much of our life. And you didn't even know. I didn't know. I had no <laughs> clue. I didn't know who these people were. You know, I yeah. had no idea. They I probably thought, didn't know what they were doing either. You know, yeah. they're oh, just trying to get it going. Right. You know? Yeah. Like they're legends now. Yeah. It's like that mm -hmm. hindsight, you yeah. know, it's 2020 yeah. and, and how like our whole lives work, right? You're just like right place, right time and mentored by the right person. The right yeah. person walks up and tucks you under their wing at the yep. right time. And and Kramer was that for me. And so I remember getting in the heli with Mark Newcomb and he was the sweetest man in the world. Um, and he just was like, Brooke, you're gonna be okay. Like just pretend like, he's like, what's the toughest thing you've ever skied? And I was like, oh, Christmas shoot. And he's like, I want you to just look at every run like it's Christmas shoot. You know how to do this. And he, I'm like, okay, how hard can that be? And then the helicopter's circling and I was like, and it lands and I was like, we're going to land here. I was like, where do we get out? I was like, where are we going to ski? Like, this is insane. Like back then they didn't have any progression. They were all about just scaring the shit out of everybody. So they, they just, <laughs> they were big game hunting every day. Cause the guys were like, well, let's go ski this and ski that. And, and it was nuts. Like now it's like, I mean, it's still pretty big game, but it's like, it's tame compared to what it, used to be it was just mm. like let's land on this thing and then see if people can get down it <laughs> and you know and here they'd all told me like well don't slow the people down and i'm standing on top of this and they hand me a radio they're like okay your tail guide so my knees are knocking together and everybody just like the first person leaves you can't see where they go you can't see the run they just dropped yeah. off the they face just, of the planet yeah i'm like <laughs> and i'm just like dry dry mouthing you know sweat drenching like about to pee my pants knees knocking together everybody's just disappearing i hear marks on the radio like voice and he's like okay, your turn. And I was like, okay, I, I remember back at Crystal, I could get down anything, That's you know, right. like I can get down anything. Like, I don't care if I fall in le falling leaf or side slip this thing, but I can get down it. And so I, I did it somehow, but my legs, I was so nervous and so like over skiing because I was just gripped that I was so cramped up by the time I got to him that I was like, I, he could tell I was just like in trouble and he like gets into the like belly of the helicopter, hands me a Gatorade and I was just, he's like, <laughs> you might need this. I was like, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but that started me I'm on so this. so nervous. I know. And that was 2001. And that started me on this like long journey. It like planted the seed of like, I want to. Like, well, first seed got planted was like, I'm going to prove to Scott Rayner that I can tell you on the heli. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. I came back years later and tell you on the heli. But it, um, but it planted the seed of like, I want to be, when I grow up, I want to be a heli guide, you know? And then mm. I was like, well, what do you got to do to do that? And it was like this, well, you got to, you know, go down the avalanche education path and you got to learn the guide and you got to, you know, just become a better skier, obviously. <laughs> and uh, so... Fast forward 20 years, this last year was my first year that I got to be a heli ski guide. After working in the heli industry, behind the scenes, doing the, like, you know, clean the toilets and get the massage therapist lined up for the rich guy. And, you know, I got, but I, over that course of time, I got, like, so many days where I got to unofficially tail guide, you know, just got handed mm -hmm. the radio and put in the ship. And, um, and some of that was because I was a ski instructor. It'd be, like, clients that were struggling. They'd be like, oh, well, you can... You can get in there. We'll bring Brooke along, and then she can kind of coach you. And so I worked behind the scenes at CPG for a while. Yeah. And um, so got a lot of heli time for free somehow, just, again, being, like, yeah. luckiest girl in the room Totally. Somehow. And so, but that helped, like, to feed. But it, it takes a long time. It took a long time to get all the, like, certs and ducks in a row. And, and I think there's this great study by the New York Times about the way women and men approach the world. And... Um, in academia, women, girls kick ass over boys, like, because it's very like cut and dry. It's like, mm. um, you need to do this to get an A plus and girls will go in there and be like, okay. And they'll just bust ass, get an A plus, like no problem. So when you look at the average scores of girls versus boys in all of public schools, the girls are always better than the boys. The boys are like, well, I can just, I'll get by, I'll get by. But then you get out in the real world and the guys are like, well, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. And they they get in there and they do it and they crush. And the girls are like, well, I, I can't get, I can't put myself out there until I'm like, I got all the certs and I'm really good at this and I mm. practice. And so they won't even put themselves in the arena. Yeah. And that's why there's not as many women CEOs and mm. there's not as many female guides. And because they're just, they um, need to qualify themselves yeah. before they can mm -hmm. feel like they can exactly. do the job. Exactly. And there's yeah. this like fucked up imposter syndrome that goes on. And particularly when I was coming in the guide world, like Kramer was my only mentor. You didn't right. see any other women doing yeah, it. So she you're was an like, anomaly. And she was an anomaly. So you're like, well, mm -hmm. I better be twice as good before I even throw my hat in that ring, you know? Oh. So I like held myself back for years and years doing all the jobs behind the scenes instead of just like marching my way in the door and being like, just I can do this. Like, it. give me a chance. Mm -hmm. I never did that i never showed up that way um so unfortunately i was really old then when i came around to heli i was a really really good guide like i have 25 years now of guiding under my belt so like all the summer guiding like i've guided all over alaska in the wilderness backpack guiding <clears throat> and um it's kind of my way of um guiding such a great profession it's my way of like seeing alaska right yeah well maturity there's a lot to say for the maturity that you gain over that time mm. before you you hit the pinnacle of your profession mm -hmm. versus when you kind of start when you're young. Mm -hmm. You have a, a, your opportunities for making more mistakes mm -hmm. and maybe having setbacks yeah. versus learning mm -hmm. over time and having that experience. Right. I imagine probably benefited. Yeah, definitely. And then how you handled situations, mm -hmm. how you interacted with other people, being a grown, mature adult. 
<laughs> versus like a 20 something that's like trying yeah. to act it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking that that, yeah. that must have helped. Definitely, definitely. You know? And I think that there comes a, I don't know, we just, we lose our attachment to ego a lot and yeah. people's, mm. other people's idea of us. Like I got away from, um, like, ha- like being worried about how people saw me ski. Like my dad told me a great thing once when I was like scared that I'd, I'd had a client that was like a better skier than me, um, teaching skiing at the resort. And I remember calling my dad and he's like, you know what? The best, the best football coaches in the world are not the best football players. He's like, but Most they know the, the sport. And it just helped me so much because it took away that insecurity of like, what do I have to offer this guy? And he's like, I bet you have something to offer this guy. And it's mm-hmm. helped me with guiding too because, you know, I'll get somebody who shows up from Chamonix and they're way more in shape and they're way better skier. And But it's like, but I have still have something to offer them. And I, I feel like that is wisdom and age and maturity. It yeah. takes you a long yeah, time to like, I mean, to know? be able to show up in the room and be like, no, I have, I have something of worth to yep. offer you. Like, yep. and I, and that's important and yep. it's worth, you know, and that was the hardest part for me. It's like, it's actually worth money to be like, to have the skill, you know? And that was like the hardest thing in the world for me to like step up to the plate and own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds so crazy. Yeah. To have the confidence to exude that. And so I think I'm at this, like, speaking of Asian wisdom, I'm at that, like, super cool turning point in my career where um, I'm like, oh, my God, I get to be a mentor now. Like, I'm seeing all these young women, Mm. like, come into the scene, and they're kicking ass, and they have no fear, and they're just so confident, and these 20-year-olds are just charging, and I'm just like wow, you're just going for it. I'm so, imp- I'm so impressed <laughs> yeah, with that. I'm yeah. like, Go girl. like the next wave of women coming up are, is just so cool, you yep. know? And it's yep. like, as every wave like can leapfrog each other, it's like, mm-hmm. I just want to turn around and pass the baton, you know, and, and give them that little leg up and be like, oh, these are the things that I wish I had help with. And yeah. um, the little like insider tips of just like, if I had a letter to my 22 year old self, you know, it'd just be like to... To believe that you you are worthy of a place in the room, no matter mm. what, and that you are not your ability, and that like who you are as a human is going to shine so much brighter than ever how you are on a mountain bike or how cool you look in your steezy ski outfit. You know, it's like how kind you are, how genuine, how authentic, how generous, how thoughtful. Like that is what will carry you further in life than your skiing ability. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was beautiful, yeah. Beautifully yeah. said. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a byproduct mm-hmm. of all the things you said before. <laughs> right. The skiing and all that is just a byproduct of the person you are and what you do for other people, the guiding. The skiing's just like the part. Yeah. I feel like I do life coaching through, uh, right. through that, movement. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you and go. it's the same yeah. with wilderness guiding. Like, yeah. wilderness guiding to me is like this honor of like taking people into the Alaska wilderness and you guys all know that's what you, that's your jam, you know? And, yeah, we love and it. then like, you're just midwifing the experience for someone else. You're just like holding space, keeping them a little bit safer, teaching them the skills to keep them a little bit more comfortable. And then you kind of get to sit back and like, watch them have those moments of awe and so be nice. like the light bulbs mm. go off and they're like new memories are forming oh, for whoa. them. <laughs> Mike Drones. I was like, are you trying to cut me off? <laughs> Is it like Arctic? entries where they start flashing the lights at you. You've been it's talking been too long. Minutes. <laughs> we haven't had that happen during a podcast. Yeah, that's crazy. The lights just went out. Yeah. Well, it's like a timer on the, the sensor over there. <laughs> well, you well, touched on a great thing. Like, 
I've taken a lot of uh, new people out in the wilderness, and I think the fresher and the raw they are, it's just, it's so cool to just sit back and watch them absorb it all. Right. You know, and just be like, this is the coolest drive I've ever done. You yeah. know, like the people that you see just like on the drive to even get there, they're just like, yeah, you know, looking it's, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go out and to you, like, you know exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, I could just go off this trail and I'm going to go on this road and go down. And next thing you know, I'm at, you know, the gas station. But to them, they're just in this most magnificent remote place they yeah. could ever imagine in their life right and then know? it helps you see your backyard through new eyes too it's like that's yeah. what it's done for me is like my Big wonder time. my sense of awe never goes away like it is just sharpened and freshened every day because of that so you never get you never take it for granted yeah it's so cool yeah you know you wake up every day and look out the window and are like are you kidding we, we get to live here this? really I like an adventure here yeah yeah like at alieska all the time i'm like in the lower 48 there would be so many people on this mountain. Yeah. In the backcountry here, like even we get complain, we complain that like, oh, since COVID, there's so many people at Hatchers so and turning it. And I've definitely yeah. been that whiny person. It's like, where yeah. did all these people come from? Like, you didn't like to ski before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're all skiers. Like, where are you? But it's still like stupidly ridiculous. Like, I just you just walk past the other set of tracks and you have a fresh line, you yeah, know. Yeah. And I've. I've spent a winter in Alta. I've spent a winter in Jackson. And I was like, there is no fresh snow left after 6 a.m. when the people who got up before work hit yeah. their headlamps on. And it's insane, you know? And I'm like, we are so Yeah, we are lucky. Lucky. It's so big, too. We have so many, ah, you know, so, yeah. so much area that we can hit. And, like, it's hard to get to, right? Like, yeah. roads mm-hmm. only go a couple directions. And mm-hmm. it's like, how far can I get off that road? Yeah. You know? It's awesome. Awesome. It's a damn good place. Yeah. When you were talking about the the wonderment of like bringing those new people out, I know some of the trips that Daniel's talking about, I go on, but that having like little kids, yeah, like and they like look at it like a leaf, yeah, and you're like they're like, oh, this is so cool, and you're like, yeah, it's a leaf, and then you look at it, and you're like, oh man, that is the coolest leaf. Yeah. I should have been looking at every leaf at that detail for the last you know twenty two so years. That's all mushrooms are. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. seriously, it like just brings you back in the little kid brain yeah. of like. Yeah. We have that ability already. Like yeah. mushrooms just remind you like, hey, let me, I'm going to strip away all the other like bullshit, adult worries of whatever yeah. and just focus on the leaf. And it's like, we all carry that innate ability to like yeah. be in awe, but we clog our minds up with like, how am I going to post about the leaf? How am I going to make this cool on TikTok? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's this Instagram story going to be about with yeah. this leaf? You know, instead of like, can you check out all the colors that are in the veins? Yeah. You know, and it's like sad that we need like hallucinogenic drugs to get you back there or something. But it's like, I think that Alaska is like a hallucinogenic drug. It, like mm-hmm. it helps you tap in and yeah. kids can help you as this, like, cause they're little, like little bugs of wonder walking around, you yeah. know, it's like all you have to do is like hang out with them for a little bit and take the time to be patient enough to be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's really explore the dew drops down here in this like micro park that is like, five inches by five inches yeah that's it's all we awesome. have the only spot we need to play in for the next hour totally yeah totally they have so much to teach us yeah makes you a kid again man. yeah it does yeah i love to take to my kids to just places that i've been you know a hundred times mm-hmm. and it's their first time and oh, i yeah. have all these things that i still want to do like i have all these trips like oh, i can't wait to take them on this and this and this they're ready for that now yeah yeah, yeah. This now, and i'm just excited mm-hmm. to like 
see it fresh through them yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. the first time you took your kid to the russian river mm-hmm. or the first time you took him skiing or yeah or the nally highway or yeah. these things it's just oh man it's just it kind of makes you a kid again yeah, yeah. yeah. well and so, i have clients all the time ask me like how come you don't have kids why did you choose not to have kids i'm like because i had all of you motherfuckers like, yeah, right. I, I was like i've used up every mothering gene possible for 25 years keeping you all alive you know yeah, that's right. and uh and um but i does like in girdwood i'm like everybody's cool aunt shiny you know it's yeah. like allowed me like i love kids but i get to like have this absolutely cool role of of connecting with multiple i feel like i i have gotten by choosing not to have children i've gotten to impact a lot of kids yes, lives because totally. i'll be like you know my neighbor in girdwood he was like 14 year old teenage boy and he saved enough money to hire me to be a backpacking guide and he like texted me and was like brooke i'd like to hire you to take me backpacking he's like i've bought the equipment and i was like you don't have to pay me to go backpacking mcquade like we'll go backpacking and i called his mom i was like can i take mcquade backpacking and we went backpacking now i mean since then he's been the best skier on the mountain like the kid is so like talented and so sweet and humble and as kids so much are in alaska right they've had their butt kicked already by alaska so many times so big by the time they're teenagers that he was like a teenage boy that i wanted to hang out with yeah um, you know, and, and last year he and all his crew, like they graduated from high school and I was like, just like crying. Cause I was like, I'm like, I've you watched seen you, it. I've seen you guys all grow up. Like I've watched you become better skiers than me by the time you were eight. And then, you know, and then they yeah. all took their first avalanche class for me when they were 14, Yeah, you know, and now they're all the way at college. And I'm just like, I still get to experience that kind of like parenthood yeah. thing of like this pride of like, I got to be one of the adults in the village that's raising you. Yeah, yeah, you're a part you know? of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot I, of times th- those people have as much influence as the parent does. Right. Because the the child or the or the kid will attach themselves or look at you as more like a role model than you will your actual parents. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, you so those them. that cool uncle, that cool aunt or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, well, and mm-hmm. if they're into some anything close to that what though they're into, like yeah. they can really, you know, approach it from a different angle other than the parent. Yeah. Can. And of course you guys as parents, I'm sure you know this, but nothing made me want to be a better person than like knowing that these like teeny boppers are looking up to me in Girdwood. Like they were all my little helpers at all. Like I emceed every like event for charity and Telepalooza, like to give away, they'd all come up and give away all the prizes for the raffle. And, you know, um, I remember when they were all like eight or 10 or something, I, dro- I like had one too many ciders before, you know, trying to work <laughs> up my MC nerves and drop yeah. the F bomb on the mic and realize like, all the kids in the audience are like <laughs> 10. They're like, I was like, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> so next year, one less beer before MC, you know, right? And I have the like two beer limit before you pick up the microphone, right? But it's, it made me want to be a better person knowing mm. that these little humans were looking up to me. And um, yeah. so I was like, well, you got to be honest. You got to be ethical. You got to be your best shiniest self. Who's really genuine. If, if, young people who are coming into our world and who are we're shaping to be our next citizens of the planet like they need good role models they see a lot of bullshit out there you know and so it really like probably has been my greatest source of like self-work is to know that like okay well i gotta show up like i have to really show up you know yeah impact those kids on a positive way totally and today they need it more than anything so much right when you look Mm -hmm. at like you look at the numbers and you look at what 
you know, I almost think that we need like um, an ethics class or social media in fifth grade, you know, to say like, oh okay, God, you have yeah. this tool at your fingertips, but let's give you the ethics to go along with it. Like my sister was a professor of medical ethics for 25 years and the same thing happened in medicine. Like technology happened before there was ethics associated with it. Mm. So we could, we had the technology in medicine all of a sudden to extend life for as long as we wanted life as a yeah. part, like a heartbeat, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the quality of life had gone away. So then they frantically caught up of like, we need ethics to go with this because it's mm. not just good to have somebody plugged in who is a vegetable yeah. or whatever, you know, somebody, you know, all, that's where euthanasia, all that stuff came from. But I feel like social media happened the same way. It's like, boom, boom, boom. We got all this stuff. And then like all of a sudden around us, like there's high suicide rates and everyone's playing the comparison game and yeah. imposter syndrome's gotten even worse. And, you know, I think if it's bad for us as adults, like as teenagers, like how brutal oh, they're bullying each other on the internet. And it's like, we need to get in there in third grade maybe and say like, look, this is the appropriate way to use this tool. And this is the inappropriate way to use this tool. And if somebody bullies you in this way, these are your tools in your toolbox. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I've never even thought, you know, we've had this conversation, but not from that perspective in that perspective of teaching young kids, like as a group, as a whole, being on the same page of what this like social media ethics would be. That's a great idea. It just blew it my should, fucking mind. It should yeah, almost I be a not. freshman high school class or junior high. I'd yeah, say junior, junior high. Junior high. Yeah. I think Seventh it needs grade. to be early because yeah. they everything's early. They're now. already yeah. Everything's early. Well, it's where it really I work at elementary school. I worked at Anchor School District for yeah. twenty years. Everything's earlier now. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and yeah. Things that we're doing in tenth grade, they're doing in fifth grade. Right. No. Oh, That's what really? I mean. That's yeah. why I say fifth grade because I do think like I have substitute taught and I was just like. Second graders are talking back to me. I was like, what? Yeah, they know all <laughs> yeah. everything. I mean, mm-hmm. everything's at their fingertips too. All these kids have yeah. phones. All these kids have everything. So where you're, where there's power, there needs to be ethics. Yeah. You know, and it's balance. Like, and balance. It's yep. like. You, they, you know what they need? They, you know, like that intervention show? Mm-hmm. I, the Where, you know, there's like a bunch of parents that have, you know, elementary and grade age kids and they like show the parents will show the kids the intervention thing and they'll be like this is what happens when you abuse that drugs you know and you don't mm-hmm. you know however they want to do it you know introduce them the right way or whatever as they get older and teach them how to use it right but it would be great to have like an intervention show like that that they can also show at the school that would about like when social media media stuff goes bad when it goes the wrong you know way. so then they really get to see like how people experience this being treated wrong, you know, not yeah. with kindness. Yeah. You know, um, it'd be really interesting to do it that way. Mm-hmm. That's a very yeah, interesting I, topic. That, that just like expanded my mind. Cause I want to sit here as a parent and complain up and down all day about social media and its negative impact on society and kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like the one parent and the guy that's like, oh, damn social media, yeah. bullshit, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> and all of us are on it. Mm-hmm. And I have a teenage daughter and, you know, she's getting involved in it. And we have these conversations all the time. We just had a conversation after a hockey game this weekend. It just kind of, so she knows mom and dad are always in the know. Mm-hmm. And we always want to have a conversation. We want to keep this open platform mm-hmm. of dialogue and conversation and communication about it all the time yeah because i feel like like that's the the least you can do as a parent if you're allowing your kids the access to this and i'm always bitching about it and complaining about it and bringing up the negatives to it and that ethics tool with social media i made a note Mm -hmm. 
somebody needs like I don't care. Somebody become a bazillionaire on this. <laughs> well, but like develop this. Cookie, I think you need to do it. <laughs> well, it's good because I was like, after guy, I was like, I am turning fifty this year, and my body can't carry a backpack forever, so I do need an exit strategy from you. You can travel, you can travel the world so and can just be an run ethics. this thing. Yeah, we'll get Social you hired. Media. <laughs> start yeah. at Wonder Park. Maybe there. I just needed my Instagram hack to set me on this new track. That's it. Yeah. I mean, You'll be on the first episode of our intervention. Social media yeah. intervention. We'll call it Carefrontation. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys about ready for another uh, caribou call? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's All take right. a quick uh, yeah. a quick pause here and give a shout out to the people that are paying for this. Uh, the Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask your bud tender about the deal of the day because, honestly, there's always something good on deck. And, guys and girls, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com, and remember, you must be 21 years age, years of age to enter their store. And before you go into your read, I kind of want to have you talk about Local Greens. Oh, yeah. Um, local Greens, uh, you guys, we haven't probably talked about them in a little bit, a little while. That's one of uh, Jack and the Homies Company um, serving up the greens and the stuff. Um, I'm going to let you kind of get into it um, with the subscriptions and everything that you guys got going on lately. Yeah. So uh, I'll just like a little bit of the background on local greens. So, uh, you know, during, uh, during COVID, um, you know, it was obvious to everyone that um, we don't, we just don't have a good source of sustainable food in Alaska. Um, I mean, we have, we have the stuff we can harvest, you know, fish and, and some, some meat, but in terms of produce, uh, I mean, we're really at a loss and, um, you know, at that time it was a real struggle to, to bring food to Alaska. And so we want to be part of that solution. Um, and really, you know, really, really for two things, one, one, you know, sustainable year round produce needs to be an option for everyone in Alaska. And the second one is a lot of the people that grew up that are raising kids here didn't grow up somewhere else and don't know what it tastes like to eat fresh produce. So it's like, if, if, if there's a way to make it really easy to get produce into people's houses, that's fresh year round and in onto these young people's plates, it'll, it'll help with that healthier lifestyle culture and people, um, really owning eating healthier but also um inspiring them to help with this like sustainable food mission in alaska because someone's going to come up with something way better than us but anyway so we bought two hydroponic farms um we're doing um subscriptions out of double shovel it's super reasonably priced they're uh nine dollars for a subscription you can pick it up every week or every other week Anytime double shovels open and you just walk in the fridge, grab your bags and leave. Um, so if you haven't tried it, you really should try it. And uh, we we have to sell about 50 more subscriptions and then we'll be full. So what will be cool when we're full, it'll drive even more demand to create more businesses like this in Anchorage and Alaska. So, um, anyway. well, I can speak as a sign as, me up I as, wanna, I wanna as a subscribe. subscri- a scrip- subscriptor. Is that a subscriber? <laughs> subscriber. Okay. 
I don't know what number I was. You guys have like, like the number of subscribers. I, I could look. I think <laughs> you're like number thirteen or okay, something. Okay, I'm sure right, I'm top yeah. twenty subscriber. Yeah. And we eat those greens every day. Like tonight, I'm already planning like go home, and I match them up with like at Costco has those pre-made chickens and I've talked oh, about yeah. that and just like dump it on there or salmon in the mm-hmm. jar that we got and just hit the greens up, man and. And you guys have been coming with new stuff, and and it's always fresh. It's always great. And that bag, like we get two, two a week in our family because we go through it all the time. Mm. And it's just a perfect addition to every little thing. And we add it to all our game meat meals and all these stuffs that we're doing. We're like being creative with it, you know. And even just like I like to eat it just. I, I think your brother actually was the one that just yeah told me, right out of the bag right out of the yeah. bag dude i just like just rah, 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 like you know what i mean i don't know if i'm yeah, like the spicy too, too much treehouse going on and i'm just like rah, rah, <laughs> i just like start eating it yeah. Up. So yeah. Fresh. yeah. 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 like just yeah. dip it in like i've been like dipping it in like salsa like oh, just grab yeah. some and just like yeah. dip it and just like a, i don't know what was it that day that i bought the or brought the pizzas over from um mountain pie pizzas oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah, the yeah. Food truck, yeah. yeah the food truck um and then we just each of us had like a whole bag of salad on our greens on our pizzas that's and it was delicious that is really awesome just get whatever pizza you from wherever you love it and just dump that on top and just oh oh man just adds like a crunch to it too i feel like after like such a long time of like guiding in the wilderness over here and being in the wilderness and eating you know all kinds of foods that are you know that you're camping foods it's always people are always like what do you crave what do you crave i'm like greens like greens fresh greens and i come home and I, i still We'll like put a pile of greens on the plate and then scramble eggs and bacon on top yes. of that. I'll have like salad breakfast. Yeah. Oh. You just put the eggs and bacon oh, right on top Jesus of the greens. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's the just jam. throw the eggs and the thing on yeah. top of the salad. Oh. Yeah, a little scramble. I think you would love the farm. You should I'm gonna come do check it. it. I'm gonna out. do it. No, come I have other friends who subscribe, and I had been the excuse of like I don't come to town enough, but that is that is the reason. Like well, you I just have enough people that are coming out. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no, I for greens. sure that's the yeah. reason because it's um i do feel like you know i did two weeks this winter in costa rica and mm. and your body just feels good eating fresh fruit and, yes. and like vegetables from the land like i love yeah. eating off the land and up here we get to eat from the land with all of our wild game but yeah, yeah. like to me you know coming up here and getting any kind of produce from a grocery store just feels like yeah, you're cheating on yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm cheating on myself <laughs> and then when awful. You- because like I, I would eat it from the back too. it's like you when you walk into somebody's garden and you put a carrot that's come right out of the oh. earth into your mouth it tastes like a real carrot yeah 100 percent. we know, had this the deal when we had our, our carrots from the garden and the kids were like my wife had to get some other carrots and like she mixed them in and then my youngest son was like oh this carrot tastes funny this is tastes weird and me and her look at each other just like oh okay this is the store one yeah yeah this tastes like plastic yeah Yeah, is this a lego toy yeah oh my god we tried to subsidize yeah i remember getting mad at my she's now 80 my 80 year old mother who's still like my best outdoor mentor in the world right and she Mm. lives down in winthrop washington it's a great Mm. little community down there and and she, um, yeah, she, her partner's 89. They still chainsaw their own wood. I mean, they're just ridiculous. They're still cross-country skiing and hiking and biking. Awesome. And Amazing, it. right? I come from good blood. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. But she, yeah, she's a big believer in like, you know, she's always had her own garden. I grew up with that. And then, yeah, like I'll go down there to visit her and we'll be at the grocery store and, and she'll like resist buying organic. And she'd be like, it's expensive. And I was like... 
your crappy vegetables are cheaper than our, you know, I was like, <laughs> yeah. your organic vegetables yeah. down here are cheaper than our yeah. crappy it's vegetables up in Alaska. I was, like, I was like, I will buy you organic food down here. <laughs> I was like, you live in the Metal Valley. You have farmers everywhere that are putting yeah. their organics in the stores. Yeah, probably as good and, as it gets there. And I was like, I was like, you're the one who taught me to eat local because you grew it yourself. I was like, you need to support these ranchers. You're like, okay, get off my back. I hate raising you. Yeah. <laughs> they have all those great, like, food stands down there, too. Mm. You know, it's just. I go to, like, the peach stand in Washington. And I stand there and I'm like the girl who's got, like, five of them in my face. Yes, it's like peach it's juice running, running down yeah. there. I'm just like, really? This is fruit. This is fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they might need? Just came to me is like the veggie, the garden truck. Oh yeah, uh, just mm. comes around. Yeah, with the truck and you got mm-hmm. all the fresh greens. Like from ice cream truck. Just yeah, but the yeah, we need truck, a new song. What would the garden truck song be? I don't know. Man, can't be a creepy ice cream. Maybe it's like reggae or something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely like some sunshine. Some life is good music. Stick figure playing. There you go. And then they just come around and if you need that basil, you know what I'm saying? They got it. You know, I can hook a brother up and some basil up in here. What a green truck. Green truck. Can I come to the secret window? Yeah. Yeah, then you yeah. expand it to Prince William Sound and you have like the water taxi boat that has the greens to all the commercial yeah. fishermen who are oh, sick yeah. of their like just you know, they just have the Costco load of hot dog buns and stuff oh, and they're like, yeah. Oh, it's the green boat. The hook, green boat. hook a brother up. I yeah. think they prefer the, some kale. I think they probably more prefer the beer boat. <laughs> yeah. 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 You could do that too. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. Could have, yeah. you could have hot dogs, <laughs> beer, <laughs> and greens. Yeah. And the yeah. other kale. And the sticky window. <laughs> <laughs> you have like set windows. This is like <laughs> so yeah, probably Prince William Sound commercial fisherman would be different than the Dutch Harbor boat. I would look, think the so. Dutch Harbor yeah. boat looks a little different. Yeah, the white window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might need different investors. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to read Taylor. Taylor Restoration 24-hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Tailored has an emergency response number of trained professionals available to help you at any time, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks, or hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Serrano's, Mexico. Oh, no, you got something on that? No, I was just going to say I need to call them because I've had so many bears in my cabin. They need, got some They're rest, damn good. Some restoration projects. <laughs> yeah. Do they got a bulldozer? To, I need a, <laughs> I need a start over. over. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering they might have bear traps. Tra- yeah. <laughs> bear traps. Uh, Serrano's Mexican Grill since 2008. Serrano's is Anchorage's own new generation of old cocina. Their menu showcases the passion and love for their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display traditional flavors using the best ingredients. <laughs> Jack is so <laughs> distracting me right now. Just humping the air. Is he like scratching his crotch? Like, what is he doing right now? Sorry, Serrano's. 
Oh my saying it's old, but I feel him like because I... my lower back hurts too from last night's <laughs> hockey game, dude. Oh my god! Well, you guys need to go to get a margarita at Serrano's, right? Yeah. <laughs> Serrano's goal is to embrace and display traditional flavors using the best ingredients that are available. They focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menu include handcrafted corn tortillas, Serrano's salsa, carne asada marinades, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience the tradition and support for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. You know, it's funny. I had some of the hockey boys last night, like El Sabor. They're like, <laughs> because every, they like, we, read, we, read, we wrote the ad to like say that part in Spanish. And uh-huh. so they're always like making fun of us like, oh, El Sabor. El Sabor. <laughs> I even throw a little, like a little tongue in there, like I think just I know roll what I'm it. Oh, you are the matador of El Sabor. You're gonna go home to your wife, like, baby, I am the matador of El Sabor. I, I nailed that ad tonight, honey. Sabor. I'm like, man, am I even saying it right, man? You're doing just fine. Just fine. All right, all I right. want you to talk about the bears in the cabin before we start. Oh, okay. Before we go there, does the cabin have a name? Does it have like an official Ooh. name? Mm. I mean, I know you got a cabin in Tahoe. <laughs> but has it got like something? That's so good because everybody in my family like names their homes. Like, yeah, okay. it's really interesting. And uh, uh, our family cabin growing up that my sister and I still own in the Blue Mountains of Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. My grandfather, um, it's funny, that's the first name that popped in my head from my cabin because it's so similar. It's like... He scrapped together this cabin, you know, and um, he made a sign for it hanging in front of it. says, this'll do. And do is spelled D-U, and it's out of sticks. <laughs> and he just, like, you know, like, hot glued them together and hung it up in front of the cabin. This'll do. And I just was like, oh, I think that's a – I'm like, this'll do north. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like okay. the north extension. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the nickname for the for the place? I think so. Yeah, yeah, for I mean, sure. From what you told oh. us before, I was thinking maybe be the something bear like den bear, or something. Yeah. If Khaleesi is the mother of dragons, like who would Ooh. be the mother of bears? Oh. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. Mm, I need one. a... I need a Khaleesi, but dating's hard enough here in Alaska anyway. If I have a name like Khaleesi, I'm just screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I already intimidated the boys. I was like, I don't think I need any help. <laughs> oh, you're dating the mother of all dragons. Oh, oh that's, yeah. I know, that's good I can't luck wait with to meet that. Her. <laughs> I can't wait to <laughs> The mother of Grizzly Bears. Does she, she have a sister? sister? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Might, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it'll work. Maybe it's a new shtick. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that people named their cabins. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I know boats. I've heard ATVs, snow machines. Well, you don't have to version P on it. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> you can still break a bottle of champagne over the sides. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Do you have, yeah. Does your cabin have a name? No, man. All right. Okay, that's your like homework assignment. I'm, like, I'm kind of like across the creek from you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Are you who I hear at Slush Cup over there partying? Maybe. I have a hot tub uh, yeah, on the deck. You. Yeah, because uh, I don't hear anything normally. Until you, water uh, Until you come down, yeah. We'll meet across the bank. Yeah. We'll, we'll have fires. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah so I I scored a little piece. I mean, it's a it's such a cool piece of land, like where I am, you know, and it's like roundabout way, like started with the hippie shack and a bug. Met a guy who had a 
piece of land and married the guy because that was the next adult thing you're supposed to do in the playbook when you're 33 and you finally like choose a, i was a nomad you know I was mm-hmm. like, oh, the next adult thing you were supposed to do. So that's right I got to check this. So that's right here okay. that so you make the next Marry boyfriend work, and then you're like, I don't know, I can't do this. But we built a <laughs> cordwood masonry house, which was so cool, and it was actually a super fun community project because I had studied it in Canada when I was like on this hippie school bus. That was my grad school, and seeing that like I was really into sustainable forms of building, and yeah. I knew you couldn't do mm. straw bale in Alaska. Especially in Girdwood. You could probably do straw bale out in Palmer. That'd work, and probably people have. But I was, like, looking for the, what's the northern version of sustainable building? And Mm. um, some people in Canada had really, like, fostered this idea of cordwood masonry. And the idea is, like, you know, brick masonry makes sense, right? You, like, do a mortar, and then you stick the bricks on top. And so the way cordwood masonry works is you build a post and beam structure. And so um, the you build post and beam, and then... We made the walls 16 inches thick, so there was five inches of mortar, six inches of sawdust, and five inches of mortar. And then you chop up, like, I think it took 11 cords of firewood to do this. Holy shit. And you um, lay the wood in the wall like a brick, mm-hmm. right? So the sawdust... Like stack it in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if this is your, so this is your log, and it's like, here's your... Um, you've laid your mortar, your sawdust... There's your log here. And then um, then I collected all, for a year, I collected all these like super cool glass bottles. All the bars in town knew I was doing mm-hmm. this. So the bl- blue sky vodka bottles and I'd go to like antique stores and get like the 70s ashtrays. And yeah. everybody in Girdwood knew I was doing this project. So they're like, oh, sweet. We'll like here bring her like all these cool glass bottles. And then I would take uh, like a blue sky vodka bottle and set it in there and then take a clear mason jar and wrap their necks with like, insulation like that silver insulation uh-huh. and set that in the wall so the the house they were 10 foot tall walls and it was like 24 by 30 so it ended up being this insane art project like so cool yeah just amazing uh-huh. um is there a picture how, on how that how long did it take yeah there's a picture somewhere. on the turkish webs on the turkish, and the tur- <laughs> on the turkish instagram, <laughs> find that turkish it was free instagram <laughs> free instagram um yeah and uh it was on MySpace. It's on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you still got that one. That guy was smart. Yeah. Yeah. He is sitting on a beach somewhere just yeah. being like, you yeah. suckers, yeah. I just got out while the game was good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's a cool form of building. Like, There's some saunas that people have done in Talkeena and Valdez and stuff with it. It's yeah. a northern style of building. It was like the coolest art project ever. That it's still rad. It exists there in Girdwood. And it was fun that everybody came by. Like, I built it. I hired two girlfriends and then... The guy I was married to at the time, like went, he just like was, had a Davis bacon job for uh-huh. the state. So he worked like seven days a week trying to fund the place. And I learned how to build with yeah. these two girls. So the three of us, you had the fun girls, in the place? yeah, it was so fun. It was yeah. so fun. It was amazing. And then, um, yeah. And then I walked away from it three years later and left it to him and, and, uh, and started over, <laughs> you know, I'm and, out. Yep, and <laughs> yeah. took my little piece to the other side of Girdwood and, you know, as you do and, um, and got a cabin over there and then like had it since 2011. And because it was on this dead end cul-de-sac, like now, you know where I am, yeah. right. Is, um, surrounded by public land. And I was gone all the time that the bears figured that out. So the bears, you know, there's always every summer there's problem bears in Girdwood. You know, there's little black bears and they come in and we've never had 
I think now we have a um, curbside garbage program that you can pay for or something. But really, GERD would mm-hmm. never have that. Right. You had to drive your garbage to the dump. And mm-hmm. and there's so many, like, second homeowners down mm-hmm. there that, that just, be like, they didn't quite realize that we'd have problem bears around. So people just having different ethics around, like, mm-hmm. garbage. And yeah. um, so every summer there's problem bears. And they would get chased away from everybody and come up to my house. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be there. And... You know, my cabin doesn't have a foundation and every earthquake that happens, the, you know, the windows and doors close a little differently. So it's like, and I <laughs> oh, shifts a little bit. Yeah. So like, I never had owned a key to it. I didn't lock it ever. And, and like the, so the bears would just like push on it and, yeah. until a door came open. And, yep. and the first time it happened was the funniest. Cause I came home by myself. I'd been gone for like three days out backpacking, came home and the, I'm like, go to open the door of my cabin. It's locked. And I was like, I don't lock. I don't lock my cabin. And so I go, I have two doors. So I go to the other door. It's locked. And I was like, Uh-oh. I don't lock. I was like, I don't even own a key to my cabin. I was like, <laughs> how would the doors be locked? I look in the windows and the place is just trashed. Oh, shit. And I like walk around the house and the kitchen windows open. And I was like, I've been hate crime. <laughs> I was like, who would break into my house? And like... Shit on my fireplace! Yeah, I know. And I was like, up and lock the uh, doors. I was like so upset. I was like, I don't understand. It would lock the door and climb out the kitchen window and just trash my place. You know, it didn't occur to me at all. Like so naive, right? Cop comes over finally like an hour later, and and it was so funny. Like helped me break into my cabin. He just like took a credit card out of his wallet and like <laughs> stuck it in and just opened. I was like, oh, that that's real. Like you can just break in like that. I was like. Okay. I was like, I guess cops know best, right? <laughs> so he opens it and we're just both hit by this horrible waft of like bear piss and poo. Like, mm. and it's just like, and, and because I live in this tiny cabin and you live kind of like you're in a sailboat. So all my like ski snacks are in one little like ottoman that you get at Fred Meyer or whatever, like mm. one of those fake leather things. And it had ripped it to shreds and like eaten all these cliff bars and nuts and berries, like my whole like thousand dollars worth of Costco, you know, snacks, <laughs> all your energy bars. And then it had, it had like in a frantic attempt to get out the door had like locked the doors. So also then I think it. it was in there for like three days. Cause there was like cliff bars and pee and poo. And it had gone in the shower and like knocked the toilet bowl back in the hair, ripped the shower curtain down. There was like bear press on the shower, climbed up on my bed, ripped my curtains down, like squashed the nightstand, like shit down the side of the bed. Oh, we got like stuck in every there. single window in my cabin on the inside is still trimmed out with bear claw marks that look just frantic. I never retrimmed it. I'd like taken this dark, cool, dark though. cabin yeah. and I'd like handmade all this trim myself and oh, I'd like shit. hand painted everything. So it was just like bright, bright and cozy. I just ripped it to shit. Right. And, um, <laughs> So everyone's like, well, call insurance, call insurance. And I call insurance the next day. And the insurance guy is like, okay, wait, what? And he's like, wait, hold on a second. I'm going to put you on speakerphone. He gets like everybody in the insurance office <laughs> over. Listen to this he's crazy like, tell lady. your story again. He's like, oh yeah, we're like, we can't cover any of that. But this is a great story, you know? Because I was like, the, you know, like $1,000 worth of cliff bars. And we have, like, you know, the cheesy ottoman from Fred Meyer and the cheesy like ottoman or like nightstand, you know, and all yeah. these like handmade. Tra- I mean, they just don't cover that. They just, but it was, a, it made their day. Yeah. It was yeah. a great story. We got a call. They're probably in Kansas or something. I'm like, we got a call from a girl in Alaska who says a bear destroyed her home and everything. You know? She wants a thousand cliff bars. <laughs> They're like, she thinks we'll give her a Costco gift card. Like, who is this chick? You know, and I was 
like, what? How am I going like, to live? Ma'am, like, do you realize your deductible is five grand? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I'm shit out of luck. I was like, can you guys mail me some food to get through ski season? Those were all the snacks I had. Him Prosecco. Yeah, him Prosecco. Yeah, well, I, since you were up. <laughs> Real quick, I found the, the goddess of the bear. Oh, who's that? Otter Show. Otter Show. Otter Show. Otter Show? It's, it's, R- it's A-R-T- the way you roll your sabor. A- yeah. <laughs> A- it's A R T I O, but it's pronounced Otter Show. What is that? A R T I O. I know, but what T-I-O. is it? It's the Greek goddess of the bear. Otter Show? Otter Show. Maybe my cabin is named Otter Show. That's what uh, when you started okay. going into it, I was like, I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, awesome. okay, okay. The our cabin show. will have it. I'll have to break a bottle of prosecco. Just, on just it saying, <laughs> I think our show broke in there and got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Our show, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Our show will do. Yeah. Yeah. Our our show, she'll she'll. What was it? Uh, it'll do. It'll do. It'll this will do. This will do. This will do. That's our it. show. This will do. Our show. It'll, this, I, like I like that. it. That's Thank good. you. That's good. Thanks. Something to something to chew on. Yeah. So now you guys have the homework of naming your places and get back to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. We need to do the the fa- the Instagram story name my place. Yeah. So remember to do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. We've had fun with these where we named. Did that, is that how we named Jake's plane? Yeah. And on then the Adam watch. Smoker. Adam mm-hmm. Smoker Puff was Daddy. on there. Is it like your MTV version of Cribs? <laughs> you guys are like my place. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> my place ain't gonna be on Cribs. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. If you just want to see it messy, because I'm outside all the time. <laughs> that kid I took backpacking that I told you about. Yeah. Mm. He did a Cribs edition of his tent that he'd brought. Like he was oh, so nice. cute. He had, oh, like he had so bought cool. all his own gear, and we got up there and we went to Lost Lake and he yeah. set up his own little tent and he even had his own stove. He wanted to do all the things. And then he had me video him for an edition of Cribs, and so it could like show like oh. his crib up yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, Check it out! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all those years of skiing and riding. Um, do you have an injury story? <laughs> I'm living an injury story right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably more than two. Well, okay. Okay, the knee injury started all, it all started when? Because it's actually great the first way I blew out my knee. It's because I was like at the height of my like competing on the Telemark World free rides and like mm. starting to really push myself. And I wanted to do that to compete against myself. Just to know that I could compete at anything on a world level was an, like an amazing um I'm not really goal or objective driven, so I don't even want to use those words, but I just wanted to know, I guess, if I could hang. And I, it was, um, it was cool. Cause Alyeska ski patrol got behind it and they'd like, let me ski stuff. That was like, I got the telemark Rudy shoot, which oh. I don't know if you wear that is, but it's on the shadows. Uh-huh. Like just from like being up on the head wall with patrol and they're like, Oh, you're training for the, yeah the free ride comp. Like, yeah. do you want, do you want to, do you want to take a stab? And I was like, you're kidding me, you know? Yeah. And then like off the prow and uh, off the North face, like yeah. just stuff that like amazing again, right girl, right, say, time, right place, yeah. right place. And, um, I don't remember what the question was. Injury. <laughs> Injury. The knee, the right. Knee. So mm-hmm. I'm at the height of that, like, right. Just pushing it, feeling pretty cocky. Like wanted to learn how to throw a telly heli, like three, a telly heli, 360. 
you know, a helicopter back yeah. in the day Ooh. before anybody was throwing like triple backflips when, when like doing a 360 was a big deal as a yeah. trick. I wanted to do it on tellies. That was my goal. So I worked all year at Alyeska to like try to do it. And I nailed it finally once. And I was like, mic drop, did the yeah. telly heli, great. So then <laughs> there's like these people in Homer that I, they still do this festival. It's called the Mofo Fafo. And it's this backcountry ski festival. And that year they hadn't had um, any snow in Homer. So they wanted to do it on Turning and Pass. And some friends told me about it. And I was like, what's this festival about? And they're like, oh, it's so fun. You come in costume. It's more about like. It's great because it really captures the whole essence of everything we've been talking about tonight. It's not mm. like there's like five events. It's never who wins at each event. It's like it's your whole persona that you bring to the team for the day. You know, it's like so you show up in costume. It's like how you compete. Like how are you mm. at all these things? So the the competitions are pretty funny. There's like a skin up, skin down. There's like a, um, you know, bury the whiskey bottle with a beacon, you know, and find that. <laughs> and there's... You know, there's all these things that are just like, you know, fun backcountry and everybody had like taken little kitty sleds with like firewood and taken it up corn biscuit. And there was like quite the festival atmosphere. And I have a red flapper dress on and a full length fur coat. And I'm like, well, I'm going <laughs> to don't bring that shit in the paint because I will. I'm coming here to be mofo yeah. queen of the universe. You know? yeah, yeah. Art to show, right? I'm yeah, coming yeah. for art you. And art to show is here. And I was like, our show, our show, our show. We're bilingual. Our show. Gotta roll the tongue. So it's like for you know every every event you're drinking a little for a little more liquid courage, some liquid talent spiced in there. You know, a little liquid personality and like mm. so by the fourth event, which was like a huge kicker they'd built, I had had a few liquid personalities and liquid talents and liquid courage and. I was like, well, I, I know how to do a telly heli, and I'm in a red flapper dress. And they built this ma kicker? massive kicker. And um, <laughs> the snow, it was spring skiing, and yeah. it, it, the snow had gone full isothermic, so uh -huh. which means that oh, it had gone there's like... There's a brick. It was like that sloppy, sloppy moo, you know? Oh, that, and oh. I, I was at the top of the like run out for the kicker, and I hadn't gone yet, and I was like prepping my telly heli, and my brain goes, as intuition does, intuition when you play back the... Yeah, the rewind tapes in slow mo. Your intuition is like, don't do it. Yeah. This is the type of snow people blow their knee out in. It's you like, know, and I'll I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong. I'll show me. Like, <laughs> hold my beer, watch this. And everyone's like, you're doing it, man. You're doing it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so I like send it, and I go for the telly heli, and I land switch, and somehow mm. I get away with it. I land. Oh. I like get away with it. I'm like, oh. I was like, oh, see, little voice in my head, like you yeah, thought yeah, I couldn't yeah, do this. I didn't. Fuck you. you I didn't go three sixty, but these people didn't know I wasn't trying to land switch. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, mic drop. And they're like, good. Oh well, shiny Brooke Edwards, please come up to go again or whatever, you know. And you're like, oh, I'll go again. And still, little oh, voice in no. the head goes. I told you <laughs> this <laughs> is the type of snow you blow your knee out at. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, you, have you seen my liquid talent? Like, I Did will you do that. Did you see run? my red flapper dress? And there's like a photographer under the jump. And I was like, I'm going big spread eagle on this one. Like I'm going, I had tights on, mind you. It wasn't like flashing the photographer. But so I go for it and I go massive spread eagle and I'm in telemark skis, yeah. right? Which don't oh, release. Man. And I land mm. and one of my legs goes three feet in the snow and cements, and the rest of my body oh. tries to make the turn out of the jump and goes 100 miles an hour that mm. way in that direction. Pretzeled out. And it's just like pop, 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 just like knee gone. And uh, and I have 
luckily I have all these drunk woofers surrounding me at this festival. <laughs> and they're like, I got you. I just, and I get sober real quick. I'm like, no, no, back the truck up. Like, I was like, this you're gonna, hurts. You're going to take me over there. You're going to put ice on it. You're going to put me in a kitty sled. They're building me this like overblown woofer scenario sled. That's like three kitty sleds with like pillows stacked on top. Like, you know, like that, like you put drunk people on a project of like, get this girl out of the wilderness. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. Like take it all down. But I got, that was the only sled ride I ever took was out of the wilderness in a red flapper dress. Oh, you were looking good. Out of course. I, the, I mean, the mo- the the rule mofo. number one, son, is look good. Safety third. And, uh, <laughs> so I got, I got the mofo, which I almost, they almost gave it to me anyway. I just want the record to show, like, almost. But, you know, Melanie Siazny is hard to beat. She she won it that year. She probably, I know, oh, that girl. It. She's a legend. You know, like, yeah. if I'm going to lose to anybody, I want to lose to that girl. She brought right? more right. fucking glitter. Huh? I know, right? She's just... <laughs> She brings more chutzpah God to the damn. table, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I got sledded out of there, and the surgeon was like, like he he like got an MRI, and he was like, I had you know I was like telling super hard, so my I was like Helga, the thunder thigh goddess yeah. of Norway, like my thighs were so strong, and the surgeon's like, are you sure you're not in the mafia? Because it looks like somebody. He's like, your femur is so bruised. It looked like somebody like took a baseball bat to your leg you know and he's like he's like but i can't believe how strong your legs are he's like it actually shared the brunt so you partially tore absolutely everything in your knee he's like but it's all partially torn i'd fully blown my mcl but the mcl is the only one that you can naturally heal heal. that you can naturally heal and so the rest of it was just partial tears like my quadricep tendon my um, ACL, everything was partial tears. And he's like, you know, a lot of people live with this. Like, you're super strong. You can do this. And so I, that was 10, 11 years mm-hmm. ago now. And mm-hmm. so then I just was like, okay, well, I'm going to just train. I'm not going to have surgery. So I just train, train, train. Let I stayed off it forever. Let the MCL just totally heal because that's the only way you can do that one. Oh, so and Got you have it. to like watch your like movements, right? You have to yeah. have that, like locked in a yeah. certain degree of motion. How did a gal so active as you actually do that? I think staying still for anybody, any of us, like staying still just looks a lot different. Because mm-hmm. I was skiing oh. the next year. I was like, oh, well, I'll just <laughs> ski yeah. less hard. I'll just go <laughs> yeah. to chair three. Go as far as I'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't hawk Single my nar. Yeah, no telly hellies, right? <laughs> and uh, just gonna do a little physical therapy. Don't worry about. Was me. that your last telly helly? Uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't okay. leave the ground now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. yeah. I've never seen a telemarker try just a trick. Down. So oh. me yeah. either. That's blue. That, yeah. I love that. There's a name for it. Oh, yeah. there's lots of telliers that can sin big. There's a girl in Talkeetna, Alaska, right now. Allegheny Twig. Shout out. She. <laughs> Allegheny Twig. Allegheny Twig. Her dad Is was that a, a real name. Yeah, her dad That's was a, a mountain guide ass. on Denali, and he was killed. And this girl's the super badass. And she wow. came up to me at 16 years old, and she's like, "I'm gonna throw a back flip on my tellies." And I was like, "I think you are." <laughs> she will, like she mm-hmm. rips, you know. I'm like, okay, like she probably already has at this point, you know. So people, yeah. people do it. But um, so then fast forward to last year, November. I'm like. Um, I like to volunteer for the Forest Service with their avalanche forecasters. It's a great way to keep my continuing education going. Mm-hmm. Is like, and for there was a while there where um, all the forecasters were all my best friends. It was like Heather Tham and Olive Johnson Bloom and Wendy Wagner. I was like, I get to go out with these amazing team of mm. women and learn from. I mean, they're just like super knowledgeable and Wendy's great. She was supposed to come on. Oh, she's amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and and they're all like have 
incredible careers. And, and so for me, like, again, in the mentorship thing, I was like, these were good girlfriends that I could learn from if you just, because they always need a field partner, right? So I would just volunteer, go out with them in the field, and then, you know, you dig pits, and you get to hear their interpretation of it. So it's, for me, it was like just adding to the mm. library of snow knowledge in my yeah. brain. So I w- have always done that since they started the forecast center. It's just gone out with the forecasters as my ongoing education and was out with Olive and um, very beginning like November and so still early season conditions it was like zipper crust where you're just like barely surviving right you're like and we but we'd made it down we were in Summit Lake somewhere and um, you know it just we just barely had any any part of the trail left to go but it all funneled into like the steep little narrow thing okay so i was doing the screaming power witch that your kids are probably like awesome at mm-hmm. <laughs> but adults not so no. good at and i heard this pop like and i just collapsed i was like oh no like there goes my knee again same knee like uh, and it had had like over 10 years of like yeah. backpack guiding carrying an 80 yeah. pound back it was always my achy knee there's mm-hmm. lots of scar tissue in there yeah. right so that knee pops, and I'm like, oh, no, I've really done it. Like that partial tear and one yeah. of those things, I just did it. And I was like, you know, as a volunteer, you're covered under workman's comp. You should get it checked out. I was like, you're, ki- you're kidding me. Really? I'm wow. a volunteer. And I never would have got, you know, like I'm a dirtbag guy. Like you just can't afford to go get a $2,000 MRI, you know, when your deductible right. is $6,000. Mm-hmm. And so that the Forest Service, like, filed a workman's comp for me was the best gift I could have ever been given, right? So I go get it checked out, and they're like, yeah, you blew your lateral meniscus. You, like, tore your lateral meniscus. But same thing, the surgeon was like, well, you're really strong. I think you can do PT. And by that point, I knew I'd already landed the job at Valdez Heli Ski Guide. So I was like, this is, I've been working 20 years to be a heli guide. I don't want to blow it now. And so I... Went to PT. I like did all the things. It got stronger. I was skiing hard. I was like, I can, I can do this. I can. It felt good. I was like, I'm totally gonna do this. And then went to Valdez and a just got so humbled in that. Like I just, I think I expected after all the work I'd done to get there, I expected it to be easier to get yeah. in the front seat of that heli. And I just got my ass handed to me. I totally did. Like there's no other way to say it. Is like the decision making that has to happen in 10 seconds of mm-hmm. a helicopter like picking you up to the point where you're getting dropped off and you have to decide where it's going to land where it's going to pick up what the avalanche conditions are of the day of that particular slope at that elevation of mm-hmm. that aspect who's with you what are their ski abilities all that has to go through your brain in 10 seconds right and i i thought like i oh i have i've had so many years of being a tail yeah. guide like i can do this is easy but the, when you're the person driving the bus it's like so incredibly hard like i was i was surprised at how yeah. hard it was and humbled like so humbled very quickly and um and my body was humbled too i think we all like that's one thing that they've done and i've been doing a ton of learning on through other podcasts of like mm-hmm. how much our body holds um our energy and our stress and yes. our trauma, right? So I think my body like was holding this injury in my knee and um, and just every day it, it got a little harder. Like, you know, and then last year was a really hard year in our industry, in our friend group, in our community. Like, I don't know if you remember the helicopter crash that happened yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. So those are my dear friends, right? So I'm at work about ready to go guide on the helicopter and and one of the guides walks up to me and tells me, 
that my friends were killed. And we have a guide meeting and we make the decision. It was like the one sunny day that it was going to be before a whole week of storms come in. And we'd just gotten a whole new group of guests and we're like, we have to take them. It's like their first day. It might be their only day in a seven day package, but we got to tell them, we got to tell them where our headspace is. We got to tell them that this is really hard. And, um, and I was just like, devastated I mean I was such a mess and I was like how how am I gonna like it's hard enough for me to put on the Wonder Woman bracelets and get in that helicopter every day and now my friends are just killed in the helicopter doing the exact same job and I got to put on the Wonder Woman bracelets in like 30 seconds and get in there and had just met my people for the week that I was gonna have and uh but we decided as a team let's go out there and let's ski flat let's just go ski like let's just take them out show them the beauty take pictures like let's not take anybody to any consequential train let's just Stay tell them the let's be honest though. and let's just tell them that we're all like mentally pretty destroyed and then um but let's show them a good day as we know yeah. how to do and because alaska is alaska right yeah. you can you can just like land a helicopter and fly away and you get the like awe and beauty yeah. of the mountains right so i go out to this um, group of clients that I have and I swear to goodness like uh, I swear like you like I don't know what else to call it like to me it's universe like universe takes care of you yep. when it needs to be taken care of like kind of like being in the right place at the right time yep. well they had gifted me this like unbelievable family where it was like stepdad who was 50 and adult children who were like 28 31 29 and only like the one brother was a like a good snowboarder and the rest of them like dad's kind of out of shape hadn't skied a lot the other two snowboarders are like they're good snowboarders but like about you know like for the east coast you know and Mm. they but they were the coolest people they were so in love as a family like the one sister, two brothers, the the stepdad, they were all like joking and laughing. And I tell them this, that like my heart has just been broken and I'm a disaster. But I pretty much was like, I need you to take me to the mountains today. Like, yeah. like I just told them, I was like super, one of my like ethics and guiding is to always be like super authentic and transparent because mm-hmm. I think that's the best we can do and it will like really i always make my clients part of my team you know because we're i'm human too like i want to have them watching my back right so i show up to them and i say i'm I'm a a mess i'm like heartbroken you know this just happened and i need you to take me to the mountains today and and they did and they took me there all week and it was like the most beautiful gift because these this family was like they just like instantly hug me, right? And we go out there and they, we land in the, like in the Diamond Peak is one of the most like incredible peaks in Valdez. It's really iconic. And we land just like at the base of it in this like glacier bowl and, and the iguana backs right there. And they're really iconic to Valdez as well. And we just take pictures and they're building pyramids as a family and have me take pictures. And they have me laughing in like 15 minutes, yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, this is the way the whole week went and we're getting, we got lapped by everybody that whole week. Like we did, would do like three runs to everybody else's 10 and the other clients at the lodge would be like, Oh Brooke, we feel so sorry for you. Like you're just not, you know, like you have the lamest guest this week. I'm so sorry. You know, like you're not getting to ski. And I was like, I have the, I have the best guest. Oh, I have, I was like, I have the best oh, guest. 
Oh, it's is in that, my pocket. That your, is that <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I was like, it's always on Do Not Disturb, but that's my friend Heather Tham. That's like that's her okay. ringtone. Okay. <laughs> she was an Avalanche forecaster. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. She doesn't know I'm doing the podcast. That's all uh, right. <laughs> um. So. Oh, so all these other clients are like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. You just like have the lamest clients. And I was like, you know what? I have the best clients. <laughs> like, I will take people who are stoked to be in the mountains any day over people who want to, who want to shred the gnar, like any day. Like I had, that was like the best gift I could have had for that week is they just like, I got to be out there with the spirits of my friends who just passed and like have them like see them everywhere, be held by them, like feel their spirit, like remember why I chose to be a guide in the first place. Like remember that my love of mountains and taking people here and they were the perfect people for that, that way, you know, it was like meant to be so meant to be and i think mm-hmm. that like and then i made it all the way till like my knee got more and more painful and you're skiing like you're still just skiing the steepest train it's so steep you know mm-hmm. and i started to ski on one leg i was like skiing just like protecting mm-hmm. that knee oh, every yeah. day nursing it and i made it till like the last week of the season and um some clients had like gifted us the last of their hours and and i'd been with kirsten kramer and it was a really fun week really fun clients so great to be her tail guide for the week. And um, and we decided to take a group of our friends heli scheme with this like extra hobs. And I was like, my knee just hurt so bad at that point. I'd been holding on by a thread. And my brain was like, go. same little intuition that we always know. My intuition was like, you don't need to go today. Like this isn't a paid guiding day. But I was like, but it's our friends and Kramer needs it. Kramer has to have a second guide, you know. And so it was like that. I... I overrode the the intuition voice again mm-hmm. and went and the very first run of that day they all skied down and they're ripping Alaskans you know and they're crushing and I take one turn and it goes pop oh, shit. and I just like I just knew and I called her on the radio and I was like I'm done I was like my knee just blew and um I said send me up the helicopter I was like I'll dig an LZ and I was like, you could just keep skiing and I'll tell the lot. I was like, just stay in the backyard. I'll tell the lodge that, you know, to have your back. And, and so I dug out my own LZ and, um, and it was at a pretty good part of the mountain that like, I, uh, you know, you become friends with your pilots like pretty quickly and you develop this relationship of looking out for each other. And they'd always radio me when I was about to ski off a cliff. <laughs> Brock, I think you want to go left. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hey, thanks, 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 thanks. You know, they looked out, they were my eyes in the sky all the time. Yeah. And, and so Colin, he came to pick me up and, and I'm just like loading myself in the basket and like pulling myself in the helicopter. And I put on the headset and I just look at him and like burst out bawling. Mm. And he mm. was like, well, if this is going to be your last heli ride of the season, I think we should buzz the tower. And he like, <laughs> so I'm like bawling and he just like does like the total flyby of the Sena, you know, and, and does like a circle around the lodge and brings me in. And, um, and, you know, honestly, I felt this like, um, you know, I spent the last week as like the crazy fun, um, ground guide and like pink velvet bell bottoms and sparkle tops going to pick up the clients at the airport and like. You know, I I was on crutches for like three days, but then I was like limping around just being like fun ground guide mm-hmm. and had a blast. And this, honestly, this like sense of relief like passed over me of like, it had been such a stressful season, like of, 
you know, my third day on the job, one of my co-guides broke his femur and I was on that rescue. And so for my first season, actually heli guiding, like it was, it was hard on me emotionally, physically, spiritually. And, um, here I was just like my knee finally, like, you know, as our bodies do, it finally was the straw, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and this sense of like relief washed over me and this like sense of like such a mixed bag of emotions, right? Like the sense of pride, like I did it. I said I was going to do it. I showed up and if I never do it again, <laughs> like it's okay. Cause I, I, I you did, you know, and then mm-hmm. I had a good run and it's, it's, I've like lived such an amazing life. You know, like if I was that person in the helicopter crash, I feel like I could do a mic drop. Like my life has been insanely amazing, you know, and I live so much with my heart outside my sleeve and without regrets because I've lost all those shooting stars. I like live, that way because of that gift of losing Mm -hmm. people that that it brings you that sense of presence Mm -hmm. and that sense of like look at this amazing leaf like how amazing is this leaf like that's what death and loss has given me is Mm -hmm. like in the in alaska we're such a tight community and it's such an intense crazy place that like we can't go six months without losing somebody in our world right and it teaches you to be very very full of gratitude, appreciative of the moment. You have less fights about the toothpaste, you know, the things that don't really matter. Yeah. And it teaches you to look at the leaf and be like, check it out. Yeah. It's it was amazing. rad. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think like I'm this year, I'm, I'm going to go to their training this next week, but I told them early on that I wasn't going to heli guide this year because I don't, I, my knee's still healing and mm-hmm. I'm backcountry guiding and, um, I bet, I also just think that like I had to look my ego really hard in the mirror and be like, mm. I want I part of me wanted to be a heli guide because it was I thought it was the coolest job in the ski industry and that somehow people would like me better or think I was a better think human. Highly, highly, yeah, more and I it was took me so much <clears throat> to look myself in the mirror and admit that piece to be like oh my god my ego wanted this Mm. like Mm. and maybe it's my personality this isn't where my gifts lie like maybe i'm better at a backcountry guide because i can be that mentor and educator and communicator on the way up and i have more time and my brain works better in those decision makings like and i don't have the answer yet i don't know but it was really really important lesson for me to learn and i think that it taught me so much about like who I am as a person to be like, I am like Luke Mel, you're going to have him in next week. Mm -hmm. His partner, Sarah Heston, his um, wife, she runs the ski babes workouts and she is also um, does all this amazing therapy and stuff. But her post is always like, I am not my ability. And that, that Mm -hmm. has been my mantra all year is like, I am not my ability. I'm not my profession. Like I can be like, just me, you know, and me is going to be a unique and different animal than anybody else on the planet. And, and like, I'm finally, finally old enough to like step into that and be s- proud of that and, and own be, it and mm-hmm. own it and walk in the room. Like I got a place at the table. The hell yeah. Yep. And let's look at the leaf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a rock star. I love that. Oh, a glittery God. rock star. Oh, I'm telling you. you. Thank you. Cheers boys. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And I I think too, it's like part of the evolution of your career, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can't, you can't run at the level that you used to forever. Right. Even though like your heart is there, 
your abilities are still there, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But sometimes you have to like back up and look at this thing and be like, well, what, what are what are my priorities here? Like you know, yeah. you, you like you got to check your ego at the door, right? And figure out like what is best for me now, what's best for the clients, what like you said your gifts, like what what way can I best provide my gift to the client. Yeah. Moving forward, and and the heli skiing this year might not be it. Yeah, and I think and maybe it is life coaching or starting yeah. a social media ethics program. And <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. it's like no, I, don't know, I mean, it's just always changing. It is. And, it's evolving. And, We're and constantly evolving. It, yeah. Always evolving, and and the when you can kind of check yourself at the door, mm-hmm. you can kind of bring clarity to your decisions. Yeah. And I like, think it's well, really important, you know, and I mm-hmm. think that's about the letter I would write to every 22-year-old. You know, the I think that I would tell everybody, like, or the younger kids, you know, just growing up is like, it's okay to be you. Like, you don't have to be like anybody else on the planet. Like, they broke the mold when they made you, and you deserve to be here because you might not even know what gifts you bring to the planet yet, yeah. but you have something absolutely special that nobody else has. And be proud of that. Be stoked yeah, about it. Like, bring it with Fuego and um, walk in the room with it, you know? And I uh, I think that, like, losing my Instagram to Turkish hackers was probably another little, like, ego shift, you know? Because it's like, who cares how many followers you have? Who cares how many likes, you know? Like, I was trying to justify it as, like, well, that's where, like, you know, I have these, like, I'm an ambassador for all these companies so that I can afford to be a god and da-da-da. And, but I'm like you know what, it really, it's ego again. It's like, mm-hmm. does it really matter? Like, no. Yeah, what got you there? Yeah, what got me where? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. What oh. got you there? It wasn't Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Right? It was yeah. you. Yeah. You yeah. got yeah, yeah, you yeah. there. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, like your personality, your persona, your your swagger, your everything you bring to this industry mm-hmm. and this life. and Lots um, of glitter. Lots of glitter. Don't forget that. Lots of, lots of glitter. And, and, yeah, and I have stock in unicorn snot. If you guys, <laughs> Bitcoin is out. Unicorn snot oh, is in. Someone need to get uh, in on before it blows up? Yeah. Oh, it's going big, boys. It's hard to carry around. It's a pocket full, full of goo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got some in my pocket. <laughs> I'll glitter you up. After you should it. leave some here. Just leave a little Don't bit of your... Don't tempt me. Uh, <laughs> just a little dust before yeah, you walk well, out, just, would you? What's yeah, the yeah. word? What's, tell me the word again. The uh, bear word? Uh, Arsha. 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 Arsha I, it's like A-A. <laughs> it's pronounced you should A-A. Do like I think I will, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Arsha. 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 It's a I'm gonna A-A-R show. So it's like uh, the A drags Arsha. I'm going to have to have you walk into every room before me and be like, I present you. I don't know how to say my own name. I gotta bring this guy. I was like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he introduces me everywhere. <laughs> he he's not around. a bodyguard so much. He's just more like a he's like a Bruce MC. Buffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> he's my personal MC. <laughs> Oh my God, that would be so crazy. I'm curious on your opinion on Olympic skiing. Mm. Because it seems to me like... It's relevant. I, I just, I just <laughs> actually 
I feel really disconnected to the Olympics. Um, I used to really be into the Olympics and watch it all the time. And now without cable, it's not like the main thing. There's all these other things that I'm into. I mean, I don't really watch TV at all. Um, but last night before our hockey game, I was like, oh, and I just noticed that there was some skiing going on. And I was like, oh, let me just see. I haven't watched one second of yeah. the Olympics. And it just seems so... Um, I don't know if fabricated is the right mm. word, but it seems so rigid and like you have to do this exact thing to get this exact yeah, score. Yeah. And I'm curious on if there is like an Olympics, like, or a way for the Olympics to make like a Olympics of the back country where it's more like a freestyle, like <laughs> Mofo a, Fafo. <laughs> and, and just, I mean, just your opinion on that. Yeah. Like what is, do you watch the Olympics? Or do you, do, are you in tune with these people or is that just it's a whole different world? So funny that you said that because I just got a text from somebody the other day that was like, Oh, it look, looks like Winthrop's got a horse in the race because Winthrop's where my mom's from right now, okay. you know, okay. in Washington. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like horse on the, like I didn't even know the winter Olympics were going on right now you know she's like oh there's a yeah, nordic exactly skier like from and and it was funny the summer olympics i was at doing pt and i was at and so i don't own a tv i haven't since i left my parents house at 18 like and so um i the times i've watched the olympics because i i lo i kind of love them like as growing up as a team athlete like i played all the i played all the traditional sports i was like basketball and volleyball and tennis and and um so grew up kind of like, you know, where you cry at the Olympics kind of thing. And, and this summer, you know, I was doing PT and I'd see the Olympics and I'd like, I was like, this is the most I've ever watched the Olympics. I'd go to PT and like, it'd be on and I'd be like, oh my God, this is so fun to watch the Olympics. And, um, and the last time the winter Olympics happened, I was ski guy in Japan and it was cool to be in a different country because mm -hmm. we have such an American, like. Just so you just think that Americans win the gold, win every medal and every medal count. We, Ugh, I mean, Americans it's so funny. I <laughs> yeah. was like, I realized it was the first time I've ever watched the Olympics in a different country, and I was like, God, the Japanese are freaking amazing at all these things, <laughs> you know. And I was like watching the Japanese like park skiers just crush, and it was so fun to watch it through the lens of a different country, right? Yeah, not the USA flex going yeah. on the whole time. <laughs> And then, you know, I, I remember like getting all up in arms when I was like big in my telly days of being like, Telemark is the origin of skiing and they've never had. And there was even a like a U.S. There's a World Cup. There's a U.S. Telemark team. There's a World Cup racing circuit for Telemark. It's not like Telemark didn't have. And it was a cool type of race. Like they had to do a jump in the middle and they have to land in a certain telly stance. I mean, it's like they had to do a little like crazy roundabout at the bottom and then they like, go up. I mean, it's like kind of it's like absolutely interesting to watch mm. um Super and technical. they never got in the olympics and i'm like there is the weirdest sports getting in the olympics right now Curly. and tell them like, here this is the way skiing started like this mm -hmm. is how people got the around origin, yeah. this is the way people still get around in mongolia and siberia yeah. and and so it's super OG and I'm like, and they, it's not like they didn't petition. They tried, you know, mm -hmm. but it's kind of yeah, like that. Did. It felt like, oh, I've felt in various times in my life where you're like, not the cool kid, yeah. you know, yeah. you're like, you're trying to be a little bit different and you're not the cool kid, you know? And I'm like, but it's harder and more beautiful, you know? So I got a little bit of Olympic like chip on my shoulder about that. Just yeah. like, yeah, I you're right. It should be in the Olympics. It's yeah. weird that it's not. I just think it's that's super weird. Super weird. But I'm we like, have 19 different types of downhill gate races. Right, you and know, we're watching like, oh, 
curling while watching people yep. push a broom Dude, across. they got yep. the guys in hockey gear like doing the track. Is that in the Olympics? Yeah. Now? There's so many Olympics weird now. things now. It's the like, Red Bull sport? Yeah. Like, what is this? When Maddie Eastman sent me the video of him in Boston doing that, I was like, this is a real thing. I thought before that it was like a joke for Red Bull. I did too. Yeah. But no, it's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. It's I don't a, know what it's, it's called. It's a competition huh. in the Olympics? I think well, so. that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And I then thought there it was, was a, a Red Bull Don't quote sport. me. I don't watch TV very much, but... And I then there was a the weird thing that happened with like Russia where they were like, oh, but we're sort of the athletes under this other thing that is sort of from this country. Yeah. But, yeah. Not, but we're not and from Russia. Mm, and I was like, but what? what? <laughs> you know? And so it's just like, it's, I think that I have deep, mad respect for people who have worked their lives to like get to that level. Cause it's, it's kind of, again, like what I tried to do with, like, I just wanted to know, right. Yeah, what the yeah. tele- mm-hmm. It's such a smaller scale, tiny comparatively. But, you know, and we have in Alaska, we have some like epic Olympians. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you yeah, know? We do. And mm-hmm. so that's like a, pr- it's like, you feel proud. I remember when the girl from Seward this yeah, summer, yeah, uh, Lydia, she, Lydia Lace. Oh my gosh. Lydia Lace. Lydia, I know Lydia. She, Lydia. Lydia. Lydia Jacoby. Jacoby. Oh, Jacoby. Jacoby. Lydia, Lydia, Lydia Lace. Lydia Lace. Stripper. <laughs> Lydia Jacoby, do not yeah. grow up to be a stripper. Yeah. Sorry. Peace. Sorry, Lydia. I've actually been trying to get her. That's not what we meant. Yeah, I've been trying to get her on the podcast. Don't don't let this I didn't stop mean it, you. I promise. Yeah, we'll cut it out. Um, but her story. Call Gomez. Call Gomez on this one. Cut that shit out. We did have Olympians. Uh, Scott Gomez is on. He was yeah, 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 he was yeah. Olympian. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But Lydia Jacoby, her story, like I, I cried like every time they even like said her name, you know? It just as this like it's funny. It's like how I think it goes back, like I was a sociologist in college, so this is like, bear with me for a second, but it goes back to tribal days, like when we were, you know, can of the clave bear stuff, mm-hmm. is like, My we, book. yeah, so like, guys, this is also why men can't multitask, because men are out there like, saber to tiger, saber to tiger, saber to tiger, they gotta focus on one thing, right, and the women are back there like, grandma's sick, and we gotta tan the hides, and I gotta hold the babies, and there's berries to pick, and dinner's gotta be on, so they're like, multitasking, right? And then the men gotta go to war, and there's like, a lot of, they like, paint each other's faces, and they go out, and they go to war, and like, somebody wins, and somebody doesn't. And then that's what you have, mo- you, now you have modern day shopping, and then uh, team sports. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it's like now guys watch football games are like yeah yeah and it's like they're it's like i mean i'm a you bigger, live in alaska it's a, i'm a bigger <laughs> football fan than most guys but but it's like we have this need to be on a part of a team to like have yeah. it, whether it's warfare or to be a a sense of belonging human nature it's Sounds human like nature yeah. right yeah. so whether it's your team you're rooting for you know it's like we want belonging. We want attachment. And so the Olympics like bring that out of us. It's like, I don't know, Lydia, but I was like crying because I was like, she's from Seward. I know. Seward. I've been to Seward. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. maybe you feel I, like you're part of it by oh, default. Yeah. And you know how hard that Alaskan parent worked with the kid. Yeah. Like the kid busted her ass, but yeah. the parent also, if they lived in Seward. Full commitment. So I mean, did you hear their swim, story? They were like, you're going to grow up on a boat. So you better learn to swim. And they, she was like, okay. okay. Well, I guess I will. Took there you go. <laughs> I'll take it and go get a gold medal. So. Yeah. <laughs> now you, now you're faster than all the SEALs, so now we have to go race the best kids down in California. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Exactly. I was thinking that, too. I was like, where did she get an Olympic coach? And, yeah. You know? 
I mean, for any of our Alaskan stories, yeah. it's just awesome. I mean, they have the resilience, like A, just from growing up in AK. But, yeah, I think team sports gives us that sense of belonging and attachment and camaraderie and community yeah. that we're all craving. Like, we want to we wanna be a part of something. Well, especially Alaskans. Yeah. yeah. Like, we Alaskans love to support alaskan things well yeah. think about it a lot of yeah. us aren't like we didn't grow up here our, maybe yeah. our parents and our sisters and our brothers are down in the lower 48 and so we have chosen family like we have yep. the people up here that we spend our thanksgivings with and our christmas with and um and they aren't maybe our blood family but we create family out of community and so it's tight it's like super tight and i think that's what we were talking about before the show even started is like I, it's part of why I stayed is because it crosses political divide. It's like everybody's in the same boat when the volcano decides to go off and yes. like turn all the planes around mm-hmm. or when the avalanches shut the road. It's like, it doesn't matter if you voted Republican or Libertarian or whatever. It's like we all are here trying to survive nature because yeah. <laughs> Alaska is in charge. Like Alaska is the biggest politician in yep. charge, you know, and, yeah, it decides. and so it puts us all kind of a little bit in that same boat and that same yep. community and that sense of belonging. And so then you do feel a sense of attachment and pride when one of us makes it in the Olympics or one of us, you know, does something that we can when be proud of, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like a piece of your chosen family that you were like, yeah. you were some part. It's probably like one degree of separation up here. Mm-hmm. It's so small. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, everyone knows mm-hmm. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> That's my uncle. Yeah. There, there is something like. <laughs> it's one degree of separation. Yeah. I don't think. Maybe Ira. <laughs> I think we all know Ira. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm in sister because yeah, we have the same last time. Yeah. Those, For so, years, we emceed same events, and Ira would always introduce it that way. He'd be like, this isn't my sister or my wife. We Speaking just have the same last name. That's <laughs> how he introduced me yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think Ira should have like an epic housewarming. Yeah, oh, he oh, probably sure. will. Oh, I man. would love, dude. Ira brought this charcuterie. Of, uh, it's amazing. Trees. Have you had an Ira charcuterie board experience? Uh, no. Okay, mm. dude, ask lo- him. Oh and, my goodness! Man. And if you haven't heard Ira's podcast, yeah, I don't good. even yeah. remember what episode. Man, yeah. it was like top first ten. Wasn't first it? ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say like seven or eight. I think like yeah. pickled mm. octopus. <laughs> like it was good. Oh, yeah, it was, that it was, was good. really good, dude. In the box. Mm. He's, he's so legend. Human. He's a he's definitely an amazing human, and like again, like that's one of our like chosen family that we. Mm. I'm proud to be an Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but like I remember him before his accident, before he was in a chair, you know, and oh, um, you knew him that far mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've known each other a long time, and and it was re- talk about like you are not your ability. Like mm. his life almost got taken from him. His mm-hmm. whole identity as a skier, like. You know, he was a Rosinol rep and ambassador and just like crushing it. Still on, is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. Is like he didn't let the fact that a tree smushed him down and put him in a wheelchair stop his no, passion I, for He elevated life. to another he level. elevated, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. always have a choice. Yeah. Like, mm. and I remember like one of the ski jobs I did was work at Challenge Alaska. And I, I think that that was like, you want to like get clear about your own ego and your own life. Go volunteer at Challenge Alaska. Like, I think I was, I, it just put it, me in check so hard because I met people who were just fierce in, like, stepping up to the plate and fierce in their own sense of belonging. No matter what cards they'd been dealt by the universe, they didn't choose to play that card of, like, I've been a victim of this or that or the other thing. They, 
we're like, well, I'm going to find joy because mm-hmm. that's as humans what we want to do. Yep. And I'm going to find passion. And I showed up a challenge to help you show me how to do that. And I, I mean, it just moved me to tears on the daily, you know, and I think that if you're feeling down and depressed in COVID times, go volunteer at Challenge Alaska. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it'll teach you resilience of the human spirit and how strong yeah. the human spirit is. It's so cool. Yeah. Like I met a woman there, stunning woman, like so beautiful. And she'd been an ex-ballerina um, dancer and um, professional dancer on all these different levels. And she was also a nurse in Alaska. And um, somebody had stalked her. and um, they Stole st- her Instagram. They didn't steal her Instagram. <laughs> I'm lucky. See, it puts it all in perspective. I'm fucking lucky somebody stole my Instagram. And now yeah. what happened to her? Because she was on night shift. She came out of the hospital, and this dude stabbed her 50 times. 50 times in a parking lot. Of the and, hospital? Yeah, and people saw it happen, Jesus. and nobody called 911. And she lay bleeding in her own pool of blood. Guy left. Nobody called 911. Finally, somebody like finds her, calls 911. She lives... But she's, um, half of her body was like, it was such a unique part of her spinal cord that got, I mean, she got stabbed all over, right? It took her forever to heal. But half of her body is paralyzed. Like, it's it's such a unique way. It's almost like a stroke victim, right? So half okay. of her body doesn't work quite that well. It kind of works. Like it's not totally paralyzed. A nerve or something. Yeah, it's like a nerve. And so she, God, she was amazing. And so she came to me to learn to ski and... Um, told me her story and she's just sweet like has no blame for the guy like so tender as a human like it's just like gentle and kind to everybody else in the challenge building and we went and found joy like and I worked with her all year and I think now she lives in Florida but man that woman taught me so much about getting up off the ground and showing up and not blaming humanity for what it's done to you she still believed in people I couldn't believe it I was like I would not believe in people after that and she believed in people she believed in herself and she found joy in skiing and she giggled and she laughed and she had joy and passion and I just I like went home was like oh my god I'm an asshole like I used to say like if I ever lost the use of my like arms and legs and was in a wheelchair I'd just give up you know I'd commit suicide and then I hear I was meeting these people that had had the unthinkable done to them and they were rising, rising yeah. above, like the human spirit. And inspiring people. It's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. I was like, we are so capable of finding joy if we want to. We're so capable. Yeah. 100%. And we're any, s- anybody that wants to check out, if you haven't heard that episode, it's episode 15, uh, Ira Edwards. Oh, yeah. Ep- it was yeah. Like 15? Ep- episode uh, 15, Ira oh, Edwards, the real so most interesting man in the world. Yeah, and Ira um, did it. He's like exemplary about it. He humbled yeah. me so much. The, so the much. amount of things that he does... It's just like he's biking and skiing I and feel like and I feel so lazy. Now he's hunting, surfing, surfing. I know he just yeah. tries everything. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I told him I'd do the boar tide with him. Yeah. So I guess we're doing that this summer. You know, I really I'll go with yet? you too. No, I haven't. I'll go with you. Yeah, yeah. I'll come. Yeah, watch. I'll show. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, usually I'll the boar tide surfs me more than I surf the boar tide, but I got a sick mil wetsuit and I'll stand right. up I got one too. Let's okay, do let's do it. Oh. Yeah. Pinky promise. Yeah, pinky promise. Pinky promise. Oh, oh damn! Yeah, oh, you saw it here first. That was a tight one. Tight. Oh, we're doing it. I got a shout out. Clan of the K Bear. Oh, that book. That is a book. If you guys haven't read that, <laughs> yo, that was like, 
What, what's it called? It's called Clan of the Cave Bear. Clan of the Claim. No, Clan of the Cave Bear. <laughs> Try to say that five <laughs> times fast. How come you can roll your R's and you can say fancy <laughs> pronunciations, but you can't clan say Clan of, of the C's, Cave Bear? Two C's <laughs> The Cave uh, bear. bear. All right. Yeah, that's, that's uh, I'm big into reading. And that's oh, like yeah. one of my, like, Number one, it was like an indigenous, like OG story. It's OG. Human. Oh, it's OG, dude. It's like this. So thing, OG. It's, oh, it's, Jesus it's, Christ! It's, yeah, I don't even know if I'll be able to do that in my lifetime. No, it's starting now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think they made a movie out of it. It was pretty cheesy. <laughs> oh yeah, don't watch. <laughs> don't definitely watch don't the watch movie. the movie. Don't watch the <laughs> don't movie. Don't watch the movie. Sure. <laughs> what year was it made? Oh God, so Jeez. long ago. Now look it up, actually, really quick. I'm interested. What's it about? 80s 90s um the clan of the cave bear is about um one of the first uh families back in the hold right up like maybe one of the um how do i put it the clan Uh, of the cave bear is neanderthal neanderthal days where families would get together and they would find these 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 caves to live in and just the life story of a of how they lived and how they survived and how they hunted and and i mean it's it's kind of a story it's not really historical uh, no. it's like fi- it's fiction, it's fiction. yeah historical, historical fiction. fiction okay yeah but it's it's really 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 yeah it's got, it a, it's got some negativity yeah. surrounding it uh, yeah you know why well, was the clan why was it banned is it racist is it is it historically well, everything's accurate? racist Jeez. it's is not it historically Everything was racist in Neanderthal times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah, was, no oh, shit. it's very sexist. I mean, the dude used to like come up to the woman and he'd go, oh, 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 oh. and yeah, then she had to like grab her by the hair and drag yeah, her around. Yeah, and then yeah. she had to yeah. go doggy style. I mean, it was like, but it was, it's cave well, people. It's the way it was. Yeah. I mean, it's history. <laughs> it is. It's like this. Don't do not, that to a woman at a yeah, bar now. Not say that it's the right <laughs> thing that should happen, but that's, this is what happened, you know? Yeah, it's it's a good one. It's a good one. The, the Clan of the Cave Bear is a 1980 novel, an epic work of prehistoric fiction by Jim Owl about prehistoric times in this first uh, book in the Earth's children's book series, which speculates on the possibilities of interactions between Neanderthal and the modern Co-Magnon humans. So is that like the transition? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. oh, weird. Okay. Well, I'm... Shit, I want to. I want to check it out. You should get the yeah. audio book. Throw it out. On I the love audio books now. Yeah, that's so awesome. I can't oh, get to it. I've seen. I, I kind of. I. I've ah. seen bits and pieces of this movie. I kind of want to like get into audio book reading, like be yeah. the audio guy. Oh, that'd well, be dope. Like oh. read the books. Oh, you should. Yeah. You have a great yeah. voice. Oh, thank you. That'd be amazing. Um, I, you could I do just, it in Spanish too. <laughs> yeah, but but make them separate books. Don't say you know like Miyama. <laughs> <laughs> you can do Pablo Neruda poetry. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, there's all these great books that I've read, and and maybe not do the whole book, but just do like a section or a story mm-hmm. of the book where I just like read it so that people can. And I get this from my grandma. Used to um, growing up, I didn't speak English. We're from Colombia. My family, we didn't we. We didn't speak English. And my grandma, who was living in Columbia and mm-hmm. in New York, and she would send every year a, a tape, uh-huh. an actual tape, of her saying all these stories in Spanish. Oh. And I still have like four or five of the tapes. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Um, and 
and just I would play them for my kids and she would just send literally a two-sided tape of her just saying fables and stories oh. and all this stuff you in Spanish. You should put that together as a that's book awesome. and then do an audible book. I mean, that's amazing. What a that gift. That actually is a good idea. I and she's still alive, 98. Oh my God, that's say. incredible. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. Yeah. I mean, now with the technology, you could have that recorded and have a book and how powerful would that be, you know, and just be so cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like it. I love it. Yeah, it's nice. super yeah, good. Actually. Or you could transfer hers to digital, and that'll be the first part. And then you come up with your own kind of stories that you want to tell for yeah. the second part. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Mateo or Noah can do it when they're like you know, multi generational. So you have this like storytelling cool. thing yeah. that goes back. Because I'm sure some of those stories that your grandma would have told you are like actually like stories that you tell, not read. Yeah. You know, right. From right. This, from the well, Columbia so many culture. cultures, right? Like so many cultures are oral history and right. storytellers. Yeah. Like I think that's part of our sense of belonging is how you, how you got your sense of place and your sense of knowing who you were yeah. is that was passed down through right. story. You know, think yeah. about all the native Alaskans, like that's still the way. And I think it's cool with like now even that, um, with sci like science is even starting to come around like with climate change for mm -hmm. instance in alaska they're actually starting to take the wisdom of the elders of the um in the arctic mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. take these elders who are like these berries were not here before at this time you know and they have this like beautiful historical knowledge and mm -hmm. stories of the land yeah the real and deal. It, they have the real deal and science is finally going okay this is the story of climate change yeah. like we're yeah. going to listen Take. to the oral history of the alaska native peoples who've lived in the arctic and watch this for multi-generations yep. and i just think that's like what a tipping point that's so cool like mm. I mean, we have so far to go, right, in honoring yeah. their story, but just honoring it in that much of, like, nobody knows the land better. Like, they see it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. if I've seen it in 25 years of guiding Alaska, like, glaciers disappearing around the corner, like, for sure the, you know, Inupiaq elder yeah. who's, like, been hunting from the land and gathering from the land has seen the And learning from learning, his elders. Yes. Like, and, they know how the much it's changed. stories that they're yeah. passing around, they know to a T how yeah. much it's changed. Like, pinpointed yeah. to the day and the cycles and um and i think that's where we need to set our white people and our scientists yeah. like religion aside and yeah. be like maybe we need to listen i mean in alaska is this unique like place where we yeah. we have that rare opportunity of like um like actually you know like we're listening to the native wisdom we got a lot of yeah. like powerful native wisdom alive and real in this land here that is still it's that's why i like the alaska native heritage center in mm -hmm. anchorage it's not yeah. a museum of like oh these people were amazing and then we came in and put them all on a reservation it's yeah, like right. these people are still incredible they're you know still they're still it. here it's a living breathing yeah cultural center with people representing all the different communities in alaska and you get to go talk to young people from the different tribes and learn about the cultures and how their way of life has incorporated like modern day and yep. ancient mm -hmm. ways and stories from the old and how they're incorporating and weaving and adapting and talk about resilience. Like when we talk about injury and getting through things like, gosh, the native people of Alaska, like oh, native people yeah. everywhere. Right. Yep. But that getting through the resilience of, of having all this thrown at them and then preserving your culture, preserving yep. your way of life, preserving your, 
Um, and, and I being, think with podcasting, it gives level. it gives that avenue to let that story live on. And just a quick shout out, I want to give a shout out to Alice Banks with uh, Coffee and Quack is mm. her is her podcast, and she's mm-hmm. um, Alaska Native, and that's her goal oh, is cool. to do that kind of stuff. Cool, yeah. Where I'll she's like um, meeting up with uh, elders and mm. all these people, and just tell that story that maybe it's not going to be passed on in, in in written language, but maybe it'll be passed on in a digital form, like mm. podcasting. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of room for growth for that. Um, and I've been talking with Cody with uh, Crude Magazine, and now we have this group of Alaska podcasters um, that. That are forming to kind of like create these ideas and, and and build this community of people that are actually putting out these different stories from Alaska, and they're out there, mm-hmm. like they're out there right now. Oh, there's hundreds yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, they're out there right now. So if you really want to search it up and look for it, Coffee and Quack, I'd, I'd definitely start there um, with Alice and and all her stuff and and just a beautiful voice and all the things that they're trying to do. Exactly what you're saying, and and it's like you got to get it. You got to get it now because, you know, obviously elders are elders because they're old and they're they're disappearing. They're disappearing. Mm -hmm. You got to get this Mm -hmm. thing like this thing with my grandma is like, I want to be able to like say these stories, you know, for my kids and my kids generations. It's just a beautiful, it might be my history nerd nerdism thing that I'm going through. I think it's important. It's part of that sense of belonging. Like your kids need to know their, their culture behind who they are. Well, there's a sense of urgency to capture um the greatness of generations before us oh for sure because we are on the like paradigm shift of what i what i believe are great generational human beings americans alaskans where we were raised by parents that were raised by parents that kind of were on the forefront of what everything we now enjoy was made up of. Mm -hmm. And um, I I can only imagine how that translates into the the native cultures and what they experienced and grew up and their evolution to now, like the the good old days. Mm -hmm. Like we still have a little tiny piece of still getting to talk to people about Mm -hmm. the good old days. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we could still like, capture like, it. It's like, like at the last like I, hour. Like I always say, like you know, like World War II veterans are like they're disappearing every day. Mm-hmm. They 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 pass and you know like they were just um, like kind of off the cusp, but they were um, uh, celebrating World War II vets in Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. here not too long ago, and I was like, holy shit, man! Like that generation is like the last generation of like great Americans of like what this country's built from. And that's my point is like, there's still like a little piece of that left and you have to get it now. Yeah. Like if you want to talk to an elder about something like they're, they're, they're old now. Mm-hmm. Like they're in their eighties. They're they're in their late eighties. They're, you know, they, they're not just, it's not like in the eighties and seventies and early nineties where you could like, go talk to somebody's grandpa and hear about all the cool stories. Like they're gone now, mm-hmm. you know? And so now is like the time to still get a little piece of that. Cause now you're only, now you're getting it from the next generation the story. You're not getting yeah. it from the, the original or the original of the original. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's a great point. Like it's the more time passes, the more that, 
story and the history i don't want to say like waters down or like fades away fades it's just not as original maybe from that person's perspective maybe the voice is gone Mm -hmm. yeah you guys get what i'm saying like it's fading away you know yeah like it's like right we are barely hanging on to this thread of what that really great stuff used to be you you know i think it's probably specific to each area each area okay and each like family you know Mm -hmm. but you're right like people leave modern technology comes in we have iphones we're distracted like even if you're a close-knit family that talks every night you know um you know stories are going to be lost experience to be lost Mm -hmm. and so you're right like the earlier you get into it the more information people are going to have for later which is so important and some of these stories have deep undertones mm-hmm. like mm. you know like this is the harvest this is how we could tell where the moon was going to be this is how this and there's so like a moral to it yeah and, mm. and, and there's like mm-hmm. hidden meanings like all the stuff like with all the what plato did to figure out where atlantis was and all that stuff you know or that may have been um you know all these stories had like deep undertones in it is like what other meanings are we missing would be like the next piece like grab it all and then who's spending the time like digging in there and it's like, oh, there's a secret spot over here. Well, that's, that's why that's rad. why history is important. Like you apologize for being a nerd, but it's like history unfortunately repeats itself. And we have some pretty ugly pieces of our history with genocide and and things like that. And so it's like we have an opportunity to evolve. Like yeah. we have we have in fact we don't just have an opportunity. I think feel like we have a duty yes. to like mm. tell the stories, you know, to say like it's awful what we did to um, native people in America, to Alaska. Like, um, it, you can't just be like, what's done is done. It's like the history, we have a choice to be able to tell, like we have a choice to be able to give them the microphone and tell their story. We have a choice to not repeat the same thing and watch it on the global scale. Like it's repeating all the time. Like yeah. we keep repeating the story of humanity over and over. Like how many times do we have to have one religion think they're better than another religion and yeah. kill these other people, you know? And it's like, we we could not do that. Yeah. We could choose to not do that. We could choose to like say, let's tell the story. Now. Let's tell the story mm-hmm. enough and pass this along and let's choose to evolve from it. Let's yeah. choose to take the wisdom and the pain and the suffering of the people that came before and rather than just like break the backs of the next people, let's like yeah. build and evolve into kinder, gentler human beings who you, like and I think it's nurture. We have the capacity. It's like we we have that within us. I think it's important to not water it down. Yeah, I think um, it's super you, important. You, you said something, you mentioned how they're like trying to cancel like Clan of the Cave Bear or whatever, these stories. Yeah, because got like banned like and These and things all this happen and, and let's not like brush it away because now obviously we know that that's not. It's not politically it's not, correct in someone's eyes and it might be like a 1% population, but they're like the most vocal about it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like saying I Great don't want to talk Jack. about the fact that young black people get killed by white cops all the time, you know. And you're like, oh, I just don't want to talk about it. You're like, it's happening like all yeah. the time, way yeah. at a like unprecedented you sweep, rate. You sweep it so, under the rug all you want. It's still yeah. Going down. So then, like, something needs to change, you know. So it's like that's you have to talk about it. Tell people Americans are awful about feeling uncomfortable. They don't want to be uncomfortable. They want to totally. erase. They don't want to be oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. They yeah. want to. Everybody wants to take the easy route. You know, they want to pretend like that we aren't racist and that we aren't sexist. And yeah. it's like let's just like call a spade a spade. Like it is. we have and, fucked and some things up. They have. You know? and, and now and they're, we and have now a choice to be different. They're, mm-hmm. they're like pulling down statues of like. Um, uh, 
general lee yeah, and, yeah. and these things it's like well don't erase that like this is something that actually it's happened part of and us. you should learn from that mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't right. mean that it's right doesn't mean that yeah. that was okay or that's the way that you should be yeah, you're not. it doesn't mean you should erase it because you then don't people have to don't, don't learn from it, it so we don't have slaves again mm-hmm. you know like, yeah. yeah it is part of our past we have to own it mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's that's part of that, like back to the like looking yourself in the mirror and the ego. Like there is an unwillingness as humans sometimes to be like, like you three have privilege because you're white and you're men, you know, like, and you could be easier accepted as guides even. You're like in a very simple like, you know, and I have privilege as a white female like yeah. who grew up in a family of means. You know, it's like I have a ton of privilege. You know, like I have been so like the fact that I get to choose to be a guide like. Like, that means I have a safety net behind me. Like, that means that, like, I'm not a single mom trying to feed four children on welfare, like, working three jobs, you know, like, with no family, like, ever to look out for me. It's like, I had this, like, choice because of who I grew, who I was born into to be able to, like, have the freedom to be like, I'm going to be a dirtbag my whole life and, like, live paycheck to paycheck. Like, on paper, yeah, I live under poverty level. I live like the richest person on earth. But I could never have chosen that life if I didn't come, if I wasn't the color of my skin, I didn't come from the neighborhood I came from, if I didn't have the family I did, if I didn't have the means to go to the college I did. Like, all these things, all these choices, all these, like, um, umbrellas of privilege that I um, was graced by, like, is what gifted me this opportunity to choose a life following my passion and choosing work that follows my passion so it's like easier for us to be like oh pull yourself up by your bootstraps or do what you love and it's like no like people don't have safety nuts like people are struggling out there and people are abused and we do need to come together as a community in alaska like we're such a tighter community we have such um and we have big real problems here we are like the world condensed you know here yeah and we have the choice to be able to help it out on a small scale and then like medium scale and a larger scale, whatever that, whatever that looks like. I don't have the answers. I don't know, but it's like, start the brainstorm. Like we have wild game here. We still can feed off the land. Your greens project case in point is like, how can we be more self-sustaining? How can we feed each other? How can we help each other have more better nutrients, which then makes your body feel better, which makes you have better Decision making. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Wh- which, is, which is unfortunate that it takes a terrible event. Yeah. Whether it's Always, an earthquake man. or a war Always. or something to a realize, th- to realize the like the community around you is actually what's most important. Out of tragedy not, comes not community. Always. Great. Yeah. Great. Every time. Yep. yep. Every time. Um, let's switch gears real quick. I want to um, talk about wild world wanderings. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Let's still involved with that? that? That's yeah, your thing? yeah, that's my thing. Okay, so um, wild world wanderings, not wanderings, but wanderings. Is that, is, that your, is that your business? It's my business. I'm a single. I'm. It's an LLC. I'm a sole proprietor. Okay. I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really I'm professional. So, I'm so, I've had seven clients in my life. Um, no, so I. It's actually a cool story how it came to be though, because. Um, I was guiding for Alaska Alpine Adventures and uh, Dan Oberlatz's company that, um, oh, it's such a cool company. It's a, like the coolest guide job I had in the state for summer guiding of like going to see like all the, you know, the national parks that nobody gets to, Lake Clark and up in the Kobuk Sand Dunes yeah. and guiding the no attack and 
being up on the Canning River. I mean, it's just oh, you're touching my heart. Yeah, I mean, Alaskans would come on these trips. Yeah, yeah, it was sure. just cool, you know. For sure. Um, so I loved guiding for that company, and um, I was guiding a trip out in like Clark. That was like a um, it was a it's one of my favorite trips that they had. Was like uh. You, we had these inflatable sea kayaks. They still have them. Inflatable sea kayaks, and we'd float plane in, and we'd um, base camp, and we would day hike every day, and then move our camp with the kayaks like down the lake, Turquoise Lake, and mm-hmm. Lake Clark, and super cool trip. And this woman I had, this client was Arlene Bloom, and if you don't know Arlene Bloom, Google her right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this woman was the it was the first all women summit of Denali in 1980. So that's pretty late in the history of. Before that, they only let women on the mountain if you were a cook, and they didn't let you above a certain elevation. The state wouldn't let this them up? The state didn't let them. I mean, um, uh, who was it? The um, oh, That was the photographer on Denali. I'm just forgetting his name. His wife, Barbara, was the first woman to summit the West Buttress in 1956. Mm. Um, well, I can't remember the, the internet probably knows. I know, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I keep thinking Don Sheldon, but he was the bush pilot. Then there was a photographer. Mirror? No, black and white photographer. He's super famous. I don't know why my brain is spacing, but his wife Barbara, she's all cute. She's on top of an ollie and like red lipstick. Her hair looks curled. She's like in wool knickers. She's on the summit. <laughs> she was the ass. first woman, but then the first all women's like expedition mm. was 1980, and it was led by Arlene Bloom. And that's not that long ago. Yeah, I know, right? So talk about like women in a man's world. Like she busted into mountaineering um, as she was getting a PhD in like atmospheric chemistry or something, environmental chemistry and um, from Stanford. And she was doing all this mountaineering. She wanted to be on the first American team to climb Everest. And, um, and she finished her PhD dissertation from Everest, like on the ascent and like mailed it out with a Sherpa. And like by the time her dissertation was like to ban the use of this one chemical in children's pajamas because it like it caused cancer. Mm. And by the time she got off Everest, the um, state of California had banned this whole chemical. (laughs) And now she's running this like green chemistry, like kind of whistleblower program in California. Okay. But she like then led up a team of women to like um, climb Annapurna and like everywhere she went, like she had to, she had to petition and fight and raise money and male mountaineers already were getting like sponsored tons of money. Da da da. Mm. Well, Arlene Bloom, like how she funded her project to climb Annapurna was she made T-shirts that said a woman, a woman's place is on top. <laughs> 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 and even Rosalind Carter, Jimmy Carter's <laughs> wife, bought one, oh, and she funded awesome. her whole climb. She made thousands of dollars selling this T-shirt that said a woman's place is on top, and she put together an all women's team to summit Annapurna. And at the time, like. I don't think any American men's team had done it. It was like a big deal. And, um, and, uh, two women were killed. Two women died on that. And some women Mm. got to the summit. It was a big deal. And, um, and she wrote a couple books and can you Google what those books are? Arlene Bloom. Yeah. Annapurna is one. Yeah. Um, woman's places on top. Here's a t-shirt. Those are awesome. I would like to uh, get some of those. <laughs> Give them to your wife. They're still for sale to this day. Put this on. Yeah. They're $22. <laughs> I went to Whitman College. I remember uh, the fighting missionaries. Uh, Our only cheer was like, missionaries, missionaries, uh, we're break, on top. Breaking, uh, breaking Trail. Oh, yeah. Yep, breaking Trail. Yep, right. That's like her top book. 
Mm-hmm. Tons of Alaskans mm-hmm. go ski at Whitman. Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. I found Barbara June 6, 1947. Thing. One of my employees downtown, actually, she's at Whitman. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, I found uh, Barbara, the 1947. She's Barbara, what's her last name? Um, Washburn? Washburn. Yeah. Brad Washburn, the oh, photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His okay. wife, yeah. 1947. Okay. Yeah. First one. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. I'm, no, it's fine. Uh, women's history. So, so then Arlene like shows up on this like kayak trip of mine in um in like Clark and Dan was great because he like gave me the heads up of like you don't know who Arlene Bloom is like research and I like read her book and then I was like totally intimidated she's like seventy years old at this point and I think she was seventy long, she's seventy five she was seventy five hair yeah and she like seventy five she shows up and she just the first she introduces herself to me and I'm like Miss, Mrs Bloom so nice to meet you and she was like um you're the first guide i've ever hired in my life and i was like oh god <laughs> no pressure oh, and um this i mean she could she was just amazing like we everyone would go to sleep and she'd stay up late with me around the campfire and she'd tell me stories yeah. of like organizing these women around the world and she was like you're not a spring chicken. You need an exit strategy. And she's like, my business, she's like how I started to fund my climbing trips around the world. She's like, she's like, I looked up what, you know, I don't know, the fanciest advent, like tour adventure company with the like little, like, like cliche name or whatever. Like the ones that are charging like $8,000 to go trekking in Nepal. She's like, I would Google them in whatever the Google was back then. I would research them and, they'd be charging all this money to go trekking in Nepal. And she's like, then I would actually research how to do it. And I could do it. Like if they were charging, if Lindblad Expedition, say it was charging $10,000 to go trekking in Nepal, she's like, I would do it for a thousand. And I'd, I'd figure it out and I'd like meet people over there. And then she's like, I just market it to like 10 people. And then, um, and I'd get them to pay for my trip and she's like, and then I'd make a little bit of money and I'd only have to do that like once a year. And then I was like paying for my expeditions. That's how I paid for them. And she's like, I'll give you, she's like, I'll give you my whole, she's like, you know, people all over the world right now. You've guided all over the world. You know, people everywhere. You're a connector. So you don't have to guide this all over the world. You just connect people to these places. Mm. She's like, you, she's like, she was just drilling me all the time. Like, it was like your grandma putting you on the spot. I mean, yeah. she was just like, dude, what are you going to do with you your life? What's your, What's your <laughs> retirement program? I was like, um, bacon. I'm going to eat a lot of bacon and then time it powder turn. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's my plan. I don't know. Like, I'm supposed to have money. I was like, I'm living my retirement right now. Have you seen my cabin? I was like, <laughs> um, I'm going the bears. I, I was like, all my friends have died before they turned 50. I have to think about this. I was like, I will probably be dead by then. Um, and she, so she just like kept on me about all this. And she was like, I'll give you my liability waivers. I'll give you my like business model. Like you need to be doing this. You need to set yourself up for success. She was like, what do you already do? I was like, well, friends of friends always call me all the time. And they're asking like what to do in Alaska. And then because I have guided up here a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I love all the little like mom and pop Airbnbs and the like single dad is a fly fishing guide on the Kenai and like all the people who can't afford to have like the fancy swanky marketing but they're the place you want to go to like that's who you want to guide you right Mm -hmm. or that's the The, cool place you want to stay second page on the google search right so i would like spend days writing these itineraries for people and i'd been doing that for years just for free just like you know somebody's uncle yeah Yeah. i want to show people alaska so she's like maybe it's that you're an adventure concierge like you 
or concierge, however you want to say it, right? You're the uh, accent right, guy. Right, right, say it, right. Yeah. Go ahead, concierge. Concierge. Oh, that's pretty nice. So sexy. Okay. Can one more closer, Brandon? Everybody fired up. Everyone, I about rubbed his leg. He's gonna say it one more time, deep into the mic. Ready? Go. Concierge. He's red. He's bright red. It's so cute. Um, so I thought I'm blushing a little bit. I know that Brando. He's so hot right now. Thank you. So hot. So I thought, my like, red? Uh, yeah, totally. They're like glowing. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> I love it when people blush. It's like so old fashioned, right? Yeah. It's hard to get people to blush anymore. Um, but I thought, I was like, well, I'm already doing that. And she's like, charge people for it. And then she's like, and then if you know people, if you have guide friends around the world, like, do that. And so. And then it was cool because I kind of crowdsourced then every client I had after that. I'd had like a guy in New um, Zealand who was like a computer geek and he's like, I'll like, he's like looked up, he, we just like brainstormed one night and he's just like, like looking up all the different like names. And he was like, you know, I didn't want it to be too limiting just on Alaska. So I was like, and I love wilderness. So I was like wild. And of course I, I just have been a traveler my whole life and nomadic. And so of course I came up with this like absolute mouthful of a business name that like nobody can say or spell right. Wild world wanderings. And it's, I'm like, why did I do that to myself? But the yeah, idea it took was me a second to, to grasp be. That. I, I know. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. I should change it, but I have a really cool <laughs> nah, logo. Roll with and it. Roll with it. Yeah. Now it's my only Instagram. <laughs> I'm super tired. Don't, that Don't make hacks. me change it. Nah. Right. So you need like a naked picture of some other lady with your face on. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you got that girl, like maybe we'll go to the Bushco tonight and grab a so selfie. I need a picture for my logo. <laughs> yeah, do you mind being a stand-in? It's gonna be my face. They're not gonna know it's you. <laughs> so diamond, I have this proposition. <laughs> I don't know what's in it for you, but it's going to really help me out here. I'll pay for a lap dance. But my friend here is going to tell you concierge. Oh, yeah. It kind of has that, like, prestige of prestige worldwide, though. It does. So, oh, yeah, it does. Call. There it like, is. I mean, it, you got you got to, like, connect it, hose, like, at man. the end of the year instead of, like, that oh, Catalina yeah. wine mixer. We go out to Montague. It's a Montague wine mixer. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad. Well, no, we go to Iris. Uh, yeah. 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 Just there you go. Bring all your so hot guys. Yeah, <laughs> people exactly. that he signed yeah. up. Yeah, he's <laughs> coming in make, on his helicopter pad out there in Palmer. Just make a rap video. <laughs> Will Ferrell be out there? <laughs> We're at the oh. Wild World Wanderings mixer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, I just like, and I again didn't like ask people for enough money. I remember this woman from New York found me somehow, some way, and she just wanted me to build her Alaska itinerary, and I think I charged her like one hundred fifty dollars. And she's like, "I am a New Yorker." We won't even respect you if you don't make me pay three hundred dollars. And I was like, okay, give me three hundred dollars. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, and so you know, like just all these clients down the road, just gifting me these little pieces of wisdom. I like crowdsourced it, figured out how to build a website, figured out how to like start a business. And the whole time, like my narrative in my head is like, you suck as a business lady. Like, what are you doing? You know and. And uh, I'm like, I don't know if it, my clients were helping me. It was so cool. It's like everybody was like, they had made their money in business. So like, let me help you. And uh, so I created it and I was like, well, I want it to be vague enough that I can do whatever with it. And then, yeah, I just, I don't market it <laughs> or do anything with it. And so, cause I was just like, it was just easier to always, cause actually as a guide business, like I didn't want to be a guide business because guiding 
is like the permits, the insurance, like just to be an insur- to be a guide of any sort in Alaska, the insurance is crippling, right? Even for hiking? Yeah. Oh, really? yeah, because oh, Alaska can kill you. There's a lot of Yeah, the yeah, insurance companies yeah. know that. Huge yeah. exposure. Yeah. Alaska yeah. can yeah. kill you. exposure, yep. There's wow. grizzly bears and ice fall and waterfalls and all that stuff. Rivers to cross. So, um, so I was like, but if I'm a concierge and I just write an itinerary and you sign this little liability waiver and I turn you over to like Dan's company or, or like I was thinking I've worked now for all these different companies in Alaska and if somebody like I could just like hop on with, I can celebrity guide at a lot of places now, you know, like mm. I, um, I'm still friends with all these companies. Like, so I can like jump, I could bring clients there, like jump in on, um, you know, one of Alaska Alpine adventures trips or Alaska wildland adventures, bring yeah. them clients. So I was like, I had this idea and then same worldwide. I was like, Oh, I'll just bring people there. And I thought it's easy. Cause I already meet these clients and they have money, so it shouldn't be hard, but turns out it's hard. You still have to like, kind of be a little bit pushy for money and I just wasn't, you know. So when COVID happened and the tourism was like the Snickers bar in the end of the mm-hmm. food chain and I was like, I'm out. I just like, you know, I was like, I need to cut my corner, <laughs> cut all my corners, you know, and yeah. like all this money I'd like put into this business that um, hadn't paid off whatsoever, you know. Um, so I just like, like whatever you do, you like let it disintegrate into the oblivions. You don't like re-up your business license or whatever. And then Alaska Guide Collective was this group of guys, um, you know, Joe Stock. I don't know if you've had him on and Nick D'Alessio and Elliot Gaddy. And we all had been friends through the Alaska Avalanche School. They had mentored me in so many ways. We'd all taught avalanche classes together. I'd known them forever. Joe Stock wrote the book, The Alaska Factor. Mm. So that's the book on like, it's a backcountry ski guide. Like these guys are um, so awesome. And I'd been watching them and, and they figured out like Joe has always been, he's an IFMGA guide and guides all over the world. And what's that mean? Um, it's an international federation of mountain guide association. So it's like the PhD of guiding. Ooh, that's like, awesome. yeah, you it's, it's insane. You have to be so um, big time. It's big time. Super right. Cert. Super Su- it's the super cert. It is the PhD <laughs> of all PhDs for guide yeah. world. So yeah. the Alaska guide collective is like our chapter of that. Sort of, yeah. So they're um, so they're American Mountain Guide Association AMGA mm. um, okay. certified company, and so Elliot and Nick. Um, so you can also be like so the in the under that umbrella to be IFMGA to be full cert, you have to be Rock Alpine and Ski. Oh, that's shit. like the full meal deal, right? Mm-hmm. But you can also do one of those tracks. So Elliot's on his way to doing all three. Um, and he's got a few of them banged out and then Nick is ski guide. And then I'm, um, so they basically told me they're like, so they figured out that they each have their own individual companies and they figured out that it would behoove them to make, um, this Alaska guide collective so that the permits, the insurance working as a team, basically sharing costs, spread the load, spread the load. And, um, because they're all friends, they all knew each other. So Mm -hmm. they became owners. They developed this company. Um, and they still all have their individual businesses under that. And then I came there like little sister knocking on the door, being like, hey, what about me? Like, can I, I come in? I want to be in. I'm a hell of a ski guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everybody, <laughs> everybody wants a piece of that because it's like a collective, right? And mm. so they hummed and hawed and we talked and, and, um, and they, I'm kind of like their guinea pig. They figured out how to make me an employee. So the three of them are owners and I'm their first employee. Oh, and cool. I, um, they planted the seed with me earlier on that in order to work with them at all, I'd have to start on the AMGA track. So that's like, I had to start on my own little like ski guide, um, PhD, right. It costs a ton of money. It's a lot of, um, 
resume like you have to like for every course like I'm halfway through right so I've done the courses I have two exams left each exam like COVID slowed that down because remember we got shamed out of the backcountry and I had oh, to just yeah. climb tier three well climbing tier three on an AMGA resume doesn't look like <laughs> anything that they want to give you a scholarship yeah, for. You're right? really not doing anything no, amazing say, right the, now. Uh, so the like, front side of Elias. What grade ice is that? And I was like, well, it depends on the day, but sometimes it's, I don't know, it's very blue sometimes. Yeah. Our blues blue are grade? like black I, other places. <laughs> I so, know, it's like yeah. super steep. Yeah. Uh, it's like a purple. Yeah. I had it's to kick steps. black where you're from. <laughs> I had to kick steps with my snowboard boots. Um, I'm not yeah. sure. So I would inner tube down it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's me trying to build my resume, quote unquote, for this like AMGA ski exam. And then like last year blew my knee, had knee surgery, you know, this year recovering. So it's like, and then there's like a timeline, right? So next year I have to take my exam. So like I have to like tomorrow all day, I'm going out with Joe and Elliot and we're just tying each other to ropes and throwing each other off cliffs. And then like, like pretend crevasse rescue, like we're doing mm -hmm. that all day, right? Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of skills and being in the mountains and it's all worthy information. And, um, I feel like I'm, it's hard cause I'm 50 or I will be this April. It's hard for me to say that I'm trying to practice saying that, 49. but I'm in there with, yeah, I'm 49. <laughs> it's the other 29. So there's, I'm 20. in there with like 25 year old dudes. Still, I'm the only female in it. They're 25 and they're just like crushing me in the mountain. I mean, it's like, it's hard, you know? So it's like, again, still, I'm still facing that paradigm. I still have to be twice as good as the boys. And it's like, and they're half my age and crushing me on the, you know, so it's like to go do my little like, the uphill climb. It is an uphill climb. <laughs> so that's my focus. I'm going to focus on it for next Fucking year. But do this thing. Meanwhile, like Alaska Guide Collective was like, I'll adopt you. If you're on the AMGA track, they made me an employee this year. Um, and it's kind of this dream come true because I re I reinvigorated the life into wild world wanderings because now it can be that separate mm -hmm. business under there. So now people are finding me through the guide collective and then through wild world wanderings and kind of my whole dream had been like, because I'd been this like grown up in a tomboy culture, surrounded by guys all the time, like having to be the tough girl. Um, that's how my nickname transitioned into shiny. It's like got up to Alaska and just looked like a dude was working in a dude's job, wearing extra toughs and car hearts and long johns all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all Dirty of a sudden, fingernails. all of a sudden it clicked. I was like, I'm going to wear sparkles and hot pink and like own my femininity and like yes. also do these oh, yeah. jobs. And all of a sudden I just bing, like shifted and went like full on, like uber girly, like the little girls of Gert would just like follow me around on the ski slopes. Like you're so shiny. <laughs> but I'm like, it's like, I was like re I was like Same taking femininity forms. back. I yeah. was like, I can go like, backpacking in a dress. Like it's more yes. comfortable, yes. you know? <laughs> and it was just like, oh, it's like that same thing of awakening of like owning it, walking in a room. I'm like, God damn it. I'm going to be female and do this. And I'm going to like rock it. Like yeah. there's nothing to say. You can't be sexy and badass or badass can't be different or sexy. Can't be different or owning who you are in your own body or your own gender or whatever can't be different, you know? And so that's like how I waltzed into that piece. And then, um, so now it's like under Alaska guide collective, these guys, I was like, you need a woman on the team. And they are stoked about it. Cause these guys have been oh, like yeah. my brothers forever. And I have been teaching all these like private level ones, avalanche courses. to women groups of women, that's what I've been wanting to do is like mentor women. So now I get to like teach women 
because a lot of times women were getting into the back country via their boyfriends or their husbands and just following and not having not still not feeling like they had the voice to be like are you sure this is okay because our intuition even if we don't have the knowledge it always has wild knowledge right we yeah. all know that when you all know that when you've been out in the wild and like all of a sudden you feel a wolf watching you or a grizzly bear mm. like we still have that primal knowledge we yeah. still Hell have yeah. wildness the so clan of the cave bear it's the clan of the cave bear right <laughs> we have that within us so our intuition knows when we're in danger yeah and so with the sense of logic too yeah all of it. so it's yeah. like but i there was story after story in accidents where like um people had said like i knew that something was up i mean even the stories i told about my knee injury right my intuition mm -hmm. when i play back the tapes it told me that I shouldn't do that. So everybody in an avalanche accident has said, like, my voice said this. And in a group, in groupthink, yeah. people won't speak up. And yeah. then when you add in a gender mm. dynamic and you have men and women in the same group, whatever that dynamic is, um, especially if it's like, oh, my boyfriend has a level two and I don't have anything, then, like, maybe, maybe her gut says, like, this is that dangerous right. and then she doesn't say anything and then something happens you know so i was like i want to educate women and give yeah. them their own space to ask their own questions and teach yep. them decision making and give them the power of that voice have a voice have a voice yeah it's mm -hmm. so powerful right yeah. and yeah. backcountry skiing is just the metaphor it's like i'm trying to gift that having a voice back for like all the times where i didn't have the courage to have a voice yeah. I know Beautiful. so many women that feel that way that actually like either had an experience in the backcountry they're uncomfortable with or won't do it because they don't know it themselves. Right. And like you're talking about earlier, like you want the A plus. Yeah. Like I'm willing to take a bigger risk than yeah. someone else. And some of these women aren't willing to go until they know. Mm -hmm. And so it's so great that you've like created a space for them to go and learn because yeah. I want them to go and take me. You yeah. Know? It's so fun. I've had the best year yeah. doing that. And I'm like, it's been the coolest reward of like making that tough decision to tell Valdez Heli Ski Guides I wasn't coming yeah. back to be like, I have a different gift to give the world. And like maybe my knee was like, the universe like give me the smackdown to be like hey mm -hmm. pay attention like yeah yep. you're Change you're wasting up. your gifts in a different zone you know mm. and 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 maybe you need to refocus you need to like anytime we get the smackdown anytime we're drugged to the bottom of the ocean it is a gift from the universe saying like what it what pre changes need to happen in your life yep. like what have been your priorities like are you putting your ego first you putting like what do you really want to do? Valleys in life are an opportunity of growth. Totally. And if you don't take it, you missed it. Totally. And it's like when they come, it kind of sucks. But if you know that going into it and you have that mental attitude and the strength to like dig in deep, then you're kind of like, oh man, I have a gift here. I'm going to unwrap it. Yeah. What am I going to do with this next period of my life to yeah. make sure that I grow and become more wise or whatever totally. experience life? Yeah, now I kind of giggle like when stuff goes wrong. Is like, I do. I What's mean, it's next. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. It's you know, like the little angels are throwing it down. Is like, okay, I didn't get the, I like messed up my Forest Service application. I didn't get the job that I had last year. You know, and you're like, okay, like, okay, well, I guess I'm supposed to do something different. Like, yeah. what is that? Like, what am I meant to do next? You know, like, where's the blank space? How can I lean in? What's that's where stage? the magic happens what's the new stuff i gotta experience or learn yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. there's next always chapter. more to learn yeah the next always. chapter brooke thank you for sharing your story thank you for your inspiration oh. to um 
all the boys and girls that are growing up here, your ability to um, push forward and be a pioneer in the guiding mm. service out here and to uh, open the boundaries for people that men and women that may want to be coming into this um, scary atmosphere that some people might see a lot of boundaries that you have already broken. Uh, we appreciate you. If anyone wants any more information, definitely check out at wildworldwanderings.com. Brooke Edwards, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate you. Alaskans, thank you for coming. Thank you for supporting our website. Thank you for supporting all the Alaska businesses that are supporting us. We appreciate all of you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's been such an honor and a pleasure to be here tonight. I just like deep love and respect to you I and think, all our fellow I think Alaskans. You're blushing a little bit. Uh, <laughs> real shiny. Real shiny like. Thanks, Brooke. You you showed up tonight, man. Mm. Yeah, Thank you're you rock so star. much. Yeah, totally appreciate it. Yeah, you're you guys. like another one of those guests that like I, I didn't know you. You showed up, you're like, who are you guys? I'm like, who are you? And we just <laughs> sat here and had a genuine conversation as human beings. Isn't that the beauty and connected of it? And like, I'll never, ever forget this conversation. Aww, thank you. So many either. things touched my heart. I had so many like revelations in my mind as you spoke and mm. things that you shared. I'm like, oh, man, that's the beauty of this thing, man. Totally. Like heart-centered conversations. Love it. And like, that's where we come together as humanity. That's why, that's we're, right. that's why we're here, right, yep. boys? That's, that's right. right. Thank that's you, right. Brooke Edwards. Thank you. You are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Alaska, stay wild. Cheers, peace. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Looking to buy or sell a home? Look no further than Alaska's number one real estate team at alaskashometeam.com. Decades of local experience, knowledge, and expertise in a competitive real estate market. Alaska's home team makes buying or selling your home a breeze. Give them a call today at 907-277-3777. Lady with the Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details. Specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings, retreats, birthdays, bridal, and baby showers. Find Lady with the Plan on Instagram. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska. Built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products, such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. 
Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects that may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth, and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.